veteran, 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 penis, penis, veteran, veteran, penis, penis, the veteran penis podcast. Hello and welcome to show 14 of the Veteran Gamers Podcast. 14, yeah! Yeah, 14. Yeah, we're getting there, aren't we? That's quite a few, isn't it? We're like a, Oh man, that's like 700 in dog podcast years. Yeah, and we're like unruly teenagers now with zits and sort of hormones flying like around. and like don't get along with the other kids. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're starting to look at girls in a different way. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you are. I'm starting to look at boys in a different way. Really? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I want you to share. I'm trying to look at sheep in a different way. Really? Oh my! Oh my God! Oh my God! Really? Moving on. Anyway, swiftly on. Um, yeah, tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh, Wait, introduce uh, yourself. Yeah. No, no, no. You're first. You're first, and then me. You're first. Okay, you ready? Yes. You ready? We've got Duke. Okay, a limousine that can fly. Now I have seen everything. Really? Have you seen a man eat his own head? No. So then you haven't seen everything. <laughs> I have no idea what that really? is. Really? No idea. You've probably seen it. Uh, the most famous line probably has to do with America. Oh, yeah. Except they don't say, oh, they say a bad word. Was well, it Team America? Yes. Oh, right. <laughs> it was one of those films I started watching and never watched it all. So I watched probably the first half an hour. I really like it. I think it's a funny movie. Yeah, do you know it's all politics, but whatever. Yeah, do you know it's one of those films that I feel like I should have watched, but sort of haven't. I have, and I haven't. If you know what I mean, yeah. I have seen it a bit. Anyway, I've got a clip this week. Oh snap! Yeah, do you want to hear my clip? I'd love to hear it. Okay, here goes. I'm, 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 like, I'm, I don't want to laugh at incontinent people, right? <laughs> That's a good way to start. It's big, terrible, right? Being incontinent. You know, you get all dressed to go out and you go, Psst. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, you can't buy white clothes. You can't buy grey suits. You go, Psst. <laughs> right, oh, Jesus. Right. <laughs> there you go. Do you know who that is? Uh, he's a comedian. He's from Scotland, isn't he? I think I've seen him before. Well, God, I mean, come on. You could have guessed he was from Scotland from his accent, surely. <laughs> Don't go I know, I mean, I've, I've probably he heard is. of him. Well, you should have done. What's his name? You should have done. He's called Billy Connolly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I've heard him before. I think he was on The Daily Show or something here. Well, the reason, right. He's got, reason, like, crazy curly white hair. Is that right? He has now. He didn't used to have, but yeah, yeah. he does have. And a, a sort of goatee beard. He's been in quite a lot of movies as well. He's, he's... Is he the one who was in Boondock Saints? Possibly. No Where idea. They go around shooting bad guys. Like, they're like, we commit murder to protect people or something. I don't think he'd be in a film like that. Because that movie sucked. I was going to say he might have been. But I there's a reason for this. Sorry, go ahead. Listen. There's a reason for this, because on the Channel 4, which is like one of the main channels in the UK, yes. they did the, the top 100 greatest stand-ups of all time this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. There were some, there were some American people on there as well. It wasn't all British. Uh, uh-huh. But I thought I'd do a rundown of the top 10 and see if you knew any of them. Okay. Okay, so this was voted for by the great British public. Sorry, okay. hang on. The, Billy Connolly was in Boondock Saints. Oh, that movie's horrible. Sorry, Are go they- on. 
There you go. Anyway, you ready? Are you ready? Here we yes. go. I'll do one down, and you've got to say yes or no. Them, no, I don't. And okay. what order is this in? Going from uh, ten to one. Ten to one. All right, go ahead. Right, number ten, Victoria Wood. I don't know who that is. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Number nine. So yes, hooray! I'm glad she's on the list. Number nine, Michael McIntyre. Uh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Uh, he's huge in the UK at the moment, you know. He's huh. he's really big. I don't I don't know whether I'm too keen on him though. I like but he's... most British comedians I've heard, so I should check it out. Yeah, these are the top ten out of a hundred. Right, yeah, okay. I, know, I hope I've heard of some of them. Yeah, number eight, you should definitely have, or else you're in trouble. Okay, yes. here we go. Number eight, Chris Rock. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He better be. See, now I'm going to be judging everybody else according to Chris. Like, are they really better than Chris Rock? Because I love Chris Rock. Okay. And uh, number seven, Bill Bailey. No, I've heard the name, but I don't know. He's really good. He looks a bit like Billy Connolly. He's got a mad-looking beard and funny hair as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Isn't there some old building named after him in the UK? No, that's the old Bailey. Uh-huh. That's like the big I made a out. joke. Yeah, that's very funny. See, that that's why you're not on this list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm that's number one million. Oh, by the way, by, we never said <laughs> We're never getting to games. Forget no, it. If you're said... in for games, we're just no, we're no, not no, talking no, about it this we week. Ne- we never said Chini isn't here, did we? <laughs> Oh yeah! By the way, oh, yeah, we don't have Chinny noticed. Yeah, you might have noticed Chinny's not here. No, I'm, <laughs> terrible, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I just I was having a nap. I was having a kip. Damn it! I messed it up. Yeah, having a kip. Yeah, sorry, we got carried away then, didn't we? I forgot he wasn't here. Uh, oh yeah, yes. by the way. Yeah, You're by the way, Didn't yes, Murphy so. make a joke about this on the last Overseas Connection show? Like, yeah, we don't notice when you're gone. Yeah, possibly. But yeah, Chini, Chini isn't here. You might have known. And we've just carried on regardless, haven't we? Yeah. Yes. That's for him being gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, apparently, uh, what's happened is, do you want to know what happened? Well, I want to know what he said happened. Well, apparently he went out last night on the town. Uh-huh. Now, you know, he's a, tra- you know oh, he's a transvestite. Sure. You know he's a transvestite, likes to dress up as a lady. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was coming down some steps out of a gay nightclub. Uh-huh. Okay. One of the heels... Yeah, yeah, one of the heels broke on one of his high-heeled shoes, and, and he had quite a nasty fall, apparently, and he uh, sprained his ankle. Man. Yeah, yeah. So well, he's laid up. Podcasting, you can podcast with a sprained ankle. Yeah, but apparently he hit his mouth on the floor as he was falling down the steps. He sprained his ankle and his mouth. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and bit his tongue. Jaw, nearly bit his jaw tongue. all wired shut and stuff. Yeah, he nearly bit his tongue clean off, apparently. Now, let me ask you this. How do you know that? Uh, he sent me a text. So oh, I was going to say, if he called you... No, no, he can, he can still use his fingers just okay. about. Well, just he could about. type to us, and then we could say what Chinny says. Yep, yep, yep. Chinny, yep. if you're listening, go to the Veteran Gamers chat box, and we'll do it that way. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it that way. But, yeah, so apparently he's, he's not very well. Yeah, well, get better, Chinny. We'll, 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 hold, we'll light a candle for you until you get back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway... Anyway, number yeah, back six. to this top ten. Yeah, number number six. Yeah, we're up to number six. <laughs> weren't we? so, uh, sorry for that little interlude there, but we thought we'd better mention why Chini might not be here, and people are going, "Huh? No, Chini, what's up?" With and Chini's not here to go. Never mind this. Let's talk about <laughs> games. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Number Shut six. Up, Chini, six. go ahead, Stu. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Peter K. I've heard the name, but I God, think I, I heard Vicky so. Gervais talking about it at some point. Yeah, Peter K. He he really is one of. The biggest sort of comedians in the country, or used to be. I, I mean, all of them are some of the biggest in the country. No, no. I mean, this guy five years ago was was absolutely massive, and he did he did a tour called "I Want to Buy My Mum a Bungalow" tour. Okay. Uh, do you know what a bungalow is? Isn't that like a small house on the beach? Uh, no, a bungalow is a single story house. 
So that's, okay. what, that's what we call them in the UK. So it's sort yeah. of it's usually for old people, you see, because they can't, can't get upstairs. So you should you would benefit from that. <laughs> yes, and, and well, Murphy, it sounds like would benefit because he can't do it with <laughs> stairs. And Murphy definitely would. He would yeah. definitely uh, benefit from yeah. a house in those days. <laughs> we have to figure out how to open doors and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. So and basically did this buy my mum a bungalow tour, and I I managed to get tickets, but they were sold out everywhere. Oh, and when I went on on eBay, they were selling a single ticket, which the face price was about twenty five pounds. And they were selling tickets on eBay for about £140 a ticket oh at the time. God. And people were buying them. Wow. People were, so that's how sort of big he was back then. Mm. All but right, number five. Yeah. Anyway, number five, number five, uh, Eddie Izzard. Yeah, Eddie Izzard's great. I love him. Okay, so you approve. I do approve. He's great. I don't know if he's funnier than Chris Rock. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I like comparing people like this one's better than this person. They're both funny. Go okay. On. But Chini will have an affinity with him due to the dress and all yeah, that sort. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, number four, Bill Hicks. Bill, oh, Bill Hicks. My, what a beautiful person. So You've never funny, heard Bill Hicks, have you? I, I've heard bits of him. I have heard oh, bits of him. Oh, man, he's so, so funnier awesome. than Chris Rock. Funnier, well, again, like apples and oranges, you know, they do different kinds of humor. Both of them have made me, like, literally raffle, you know, and, like, almost wet myself. No. I don't know. There you go. Anyway. Okay, uh, number three, Ricky Gervais. Yes, I love Ricky Gervais. It's funny because I heard Chris Rock one time talk about Ricky Gervais, and he was saying, uh, do you know how good a comedian you have to be to do the kind of comedy Ricky Gervais does? He's like throwing jokes away just under his breath, just you know, throwing his humor around. When I'm on stage, I savor every second of the audience's attention because I'm just like, listen to me, listen to my joke. So. Um, can I ask? Did you did you ever find him in GTA? Did you find? Yeah. Him in oh GTA? yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched a little bit of that. I mean, it was okay. It's not the best thing he's ever done. I don't. I don't know if his stand up appeals to me as much as you know him in conversation with people or his writing or whatever. I he love his podcast funny. so much. He's quite funny in stand up. He is funny in stand up, no doubt. Okay, uh, number two, Richard Pryor. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he has to be at the top of the list. Yep, number two, Richard Pryor, and um, number one was Billy Connolly. So there you go. Oh wow. Billy Connolly was number one as the funniest oh, stand-up of all time. So okay, time to talk about games. Yeah, let's talk about some games. Yes. Say, some games. Okay, what have you what have you been up to? I've been up to some stuff, but well, let's find out what you've been up to first. So, okay. anything new this week? Been doing anything different? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm playing Battlefield Bad Company two. I maxed out all the different classes in that, so that was exciting. And I've been advancing my level. Now I'm looking at maybe getting all the different weapon pins. Because, you know, I've got obviously the assault rifle pin. You know, you get five kills in a round with a certain weapon and you get a pin for it. See, I don't and, know anything because I've not played it. Never well, played it. because you're missing out, man. It's a great game. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I still haven't done the fair, single player yet, but I will at some point. And what else? Yeah, Modern Warfare 2, getting used to that stimulus package. And that's been fun. And then Fallout is the other one. All right. So what have you been doing in Fallout? Are you catching up on the downloadable stuff? Yeah, I'm trying to max up. There's only one I haven't done yet. I did the um, Operation Anchorage. I think I did that by last show. And then I did the pit again, but I had done that before. I think I'm going to give the space one a miss because that wasn't the best thing ever. But No, I mean, I played a bit of that, and it was sort of okay. It was okay. It was a- 
It I wanted it to have more of an interesting story, some sort of connection between the aliens and the apocalypse, but it was just sort of like, now you're going to be on a spaceship, and there's no real reason for it. So, I think the coolest thing about that was you could get loads of ammo for the alien disintegrator gun. Oh, sure. Yeah. You get a cool so, badass um, weapon. And I didn't realize, I guess, before that other... Um, the other DLC got you certain weapons that you hadn't been able to use before. Auto axe in um, the pit. and I mean, I guess I'd done them, but when I had done them before, that was it. I hadn't done anything else in the game. So it was just sort of like, I got it, and then I got done with the game. So now I'm I'm taking it, but I'm, then I'm doing other things with it. So Right now I'm doing Broken Steel again in order to level up. I want to be level 30 before I go over to Point Lookout, because I heard it's really difficult over there, so... I've heard that's one of the best ones, isn't it? The Point Lookout one. Yeah, that's what I hear. So I'm looking forward to it. And then, I don't know. I suppose I need to... I'm going to try the single player of Bad Company 2. And I'm thinking about doing Fear 2 again and maybe Quantum of Solace again. But we'll see. Yeah. It's so exciting. So what have you been playing? I've been playing quite a bit of stuff this week. I have one more thing. Remind me later. Go on. Okay. Well, yeah, I've, I've, uh, yeah, had quite a bit of stuff this week. I've, um, yeah, I finished God of War three. Oh so. yeah, and epic. I think yeah. is, is the word that springs to mind. Um, it did have its issues though. I did have a few throw the controller nearly moments because it was frustrating to play. Not frustrating, but really hard, yeah. really difficult. What level did you have it set at? Uh, normal. So I didn't have it set too high because I'm not a massive hack and slash type fan, but uh, I got through it and I got to the end. And you know, but there was one, there was one section in particular, and it's not really a spoiler. Uh, but you're on top of it's when you get to the labyrinth, and you're on top. To be of honest, there's so little story in these games. I don't know that. Anybody yeah, it's would not be really bothered. a spoiler. But there's a you, you stood basically on top of a huge box, like a huge box. Yeah. And you're fighting the like ogres with balls on the ends of chains that spin. Okay. And the, you, you basically start off with two of these guys and they're sort of hurling these big balls and you have to dodge and hit and dodge and hit That's and annoying. try not to hit with the balls. And you, you manage to kill one and then another one pops up with a big club and another two join him. Wow. Um, so then you've got four of these ogres, depending on how quickly you dispatch them, plus another one with a huge club which you can and, ride. And they're all swinging at the same time, so you've got to dodge all of them? Pretty much. Pretty wow. much. Um, so you can jump on the back of the one with the club and control him, so you wear him down a bit, and then you can climb on him and use him to club the other ones. Mm. But you can only use a dispatch about two of those in the time before he gets sort of weakened, and then you have to jump off him. So you pull his eyeball out. And then you, yeah, and then you jump down and you have to take them on on your own. And it took me about probably about a good ten or twelve goes before I actually managed to do. See, it it's kind of seems to me sometimes like game developers, if they can't think of anything really cool to do in the next room, they'll just be like, "Oh, well, we'll put in five of these enemies or whatever it is." You know what I mean? The choices are to be interesting or to be difficult. But what what was what was interesting about it? I knew that I could do it because I got close where I only had one left about yeah. three or four times. So right. it was at least gave you enough so you knew it was doable, mm-hmm. you know, that you didn't feel it was impossible to do. But what, what the game does, which is a bit sort of, what it'll do, if you sort of fail maybe three or four times, it'll then pause the game and then come up, would you like change to easy difficulty level? Yeah, yeah. So it taunts you almost. Right, right. And I press yes by mistake without, oh, you no. know, but you're sort of flicking. But it gives you another, it, it gives you, it asks you to confirm it. So I didn't change yeah. it. Well, um, and you can, you can change the settings and the options, can't you? No, but what was quite interesting, when I pressed yes by mistake, it said, if you change too easy, you will not be able to change it back for the rest of the game. 
Mm. So it's almost like, well, you can go to easy, but that's it. You can't you go. suppose that's a trophy thing or? Yes. So yeah. there's trophies, I assume, attached to that. Yeah, it makes sense. Trophies attached to that. So, cool. yeah, so I, I clicked on no one and obviously did it on normal. I thought, there's no way this game's getting the better of me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely wasn't going to happen. There was a definite stubborn streak uh, kicked in at that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I got to the end and it was good. I liked the end. Now, what's interesting, though, and I don't know whether this is because Chini hasn't uh, synced his trophies or not. But I thought, oh, I'll go and have a look and see if I, if I actually managed to get any trophies that Chinny didn't get. Yeah. You know, because that's what I always do, because Chinny gets everything, you know what he's like, trophies, right, right. points, whatever. Um, well, there was two trophies that stood out in particular. Uh, kills use, which is obviously at the end of the game. Chinny mm. hadn't got that. Mm. He didn't have kills use. Interesting. And he didn't have complete the game on any difficulty. Huh. Now, interestingly, he said that he's finished the game, so I'm a bit yeah. confused now. So, yeah. is he... But he had other trophies in the game. Yeah, yeah, he had tons of other trophies. Huh. So, we'll, we'll have to clarify this when he's here. I was hoping he could clarify for yeah, us. Yeah, really. What do you got to say for yourself, Chinny? Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, he's not even here to tell us. Yeah. But I, I, I wondered if it was because he didn't sink his trophies. I don't really know how you just you have this that. I mean, is that... Thing you have to be online, or...? yeah. And you have to manually sync your trophies. Now, I don't know whether they show up anyway if you're comparing or whether they don't show up. Anyway. So I'm assuming that's what possibly has happened. Yeah, I don't know. So I'll maybe turn any... off the game right before the trophy popped up. No, what I did wonder, though, there is a point when you're fighting Zeus that it feels like the end, but it isn't. Mm. There is a point where it feels like you've sort of finished because it, it, it almost feels like it's stuck, but it's not. Well, the wonder... credits aren't rolling, the game's not over. Yeah, well, I did wonder, but I assume it's because he hasn't seen his trophies. Did you play the Dr. Ned expansion with Borderlands? No. They did a good job of making you think it was over before it was over? Eh. I like oh, bloody thing you did. That Bayonetta did that about a gazillion times. <laughs> and so did thinking... Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I kept thinking that was over, and it wasn't. Yep. Um, okay, let's move on, because I have been playing quite a bit of stuff this yes. week. Yes. So I played that, got that out of the way, so I can move on now and play something else. Um, yeah, I've been playing quite a lot of iP- uh, iPod games. IPod oh, yeah? Games. Yeah, and, and one of them I've been really impressed with, which I didn't think I would be. Um, but basically, there's a game on there by Gameloft who sort of seem to have taken over the iPhone development. You know, they're, they're like the biggest developer on there. Yeah. And they've, they've done all sorts. They did the Avatar game. They did the Assassin's What are they called? Gameloft? Yeah, Gameloft. They, and they've started doing the mini games on, on PS3 as well. They've started sending quite oh, yeah. a lot. There. Uh, but yeah, they've done. They did one called Dungeon Hunter, which mm. is a sort are you of hunting dungeons. Or are you hunting in a dungeon? In a dungeon. So it's ah. a bit of a, a sort of Diablo esque sort mm-hmm. of dungeon crawler RPG, basically action RPG. And they had a sale on it. It's normally priced at two pounds ninety nine, which is about five dollars. Yeah. They had a sale on for fifty nine p. Wow. Which is less than a pound and ninety nine cents. So I thought, hell. You know, for the sake of 59p, I'll give it a whirl. And you know what? I've been very impressed with it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Really impressed. I, I'm quite taken aback as to how much game there is. Um, and I've how been many playing hours it, in, are you? Probably about seven or eight. Yeah. What's about it called? Dungeon Hunter. Dungeon Hunter. Dungeon Hunter. Yeah, I'm about seven or eight hours in. And, and, and don't get me wrong, the controls aren't brilliant. It's a bit sticky. You know, and it, it's a virtual stick, or you can do point and click, and the point and click's just horrible. Well, it just course. doesn't work. But the, the the virtual stick works. It's adequate. It's mm. adequate. Uh, the leveling up's good. There's loads of loot. You know, there are, everything you fight drops either a new shield or a new sword or a new axe or, 
you know, stuff like that. It's not, I mean, it's not got the deepest story in the world. It's basically a revenge thing. Your mum, the queen, killed you to try and get rid of you, and then she's like an evil witch-type character now, and you've got to get vengeance sort of storyline. So nothing too original there. But do you know what? For a, a cheap game, I've really enjoyed it. And, yeah. and you know, when I've been sort of... Millie's gone swimming or I went to London for a meeting this week and played it all the way down on the train and all the way back. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's really good. Right, I have got another couple of games on the iPhone. And these, these were a little bit... These are a little less obvious. These aren't really ones that are uh, really popular, you know, in the top ones. It's not, it's not something you'd come across unless someone told you about them. I and and I came across these just by pure chance. Um, and, and the first one I came across was a game called uh, Choice of Dragon. Choice of Dragon. Choice of Dragon. And basically it's a text-based adventure game. There's no graphics? No, no. It's just like the very old-fashioned, you know, read. And like then Zork? Make, yeah. Make wow. a choice. And it's really cool. And it's free. There's no You don't pay for it. It's completely free. Better be free if it's just text. <laughs> Well, you know what? I'm really impressed, right? Um, so it's really cool. And basically, you play a dragon, and you have to decide whether he, you know, kills all these, you know, the the villages he comes across, or whether he saves them, and they sort of worship him like a deity, sort of. Dude, uh, if it's Trogdor, he's just gonna burninate everything. Yeah, well, you decide, and it's oh, quite. I'm gonna play that as Trogdor. <sighs> yeah. You can play it on the PC, by the way. You can uh-huh. play it if you put Choice of Dragon in. It is it is playable on the PC as well. Uh huh. So you want to have a bell? Yeah, it was very cool. And then, as a result of that, I thought, oh, I wonder if there's any other text-based adventure games on here because it takes me back, you know, to the bygone era of, oh, yeah. you know, the make your own adventure books or the really old, you know, PC text-based adventure games. There was games. a text-based uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy game. That's right. That's that right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, then I thought, I wonder if there's any else. So I put text-based adventure games into into the iPod search and yeah. came across another one called Frots. So it's really hard to describe, but it's F R O T Z, frots, frots, sure and base frots, and these these are proper. The 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 choice of dragon one, you basically click a choice here, it gives you yeah. an options. Right. These are the proper. This is like type. You see a knife on the table, and then you type in get pick knife. up knife. Yeah, yeah. and then it knife. says, I don't know what a knife is. Yes, like, what is it, that? What are you talking it about? just is like that. And I forgot. <laughs> I so remember these back so in the day. Yeah, but it's still fun to play, and um, yeah, and there's loads on there. So there's about twenty co- that come with it that are already in the game. And then and here's the-, the thing: Hitchhikers is good. Uh, Zork was great, and you know these all had a good story behind them. Do these games have good stories? Oh, one of the first one I played was called Nine O Five. Okay, and I, there's no spoilers here because you know it's it's a very. <laughs> I don't think anybody's gonna be upset. I know it's gonna be really that bothered. Free text-based iPhone game. Well, basically, yeah, the first one's called 905, and it's, the game starts with you just waking up in a bed, and you've no idea who you are or why yeah, you're yeah, there. Yeah, a good way to start. Uh, and basically, you sort of, there's a wallet, um, a watch, and something else on the bedside table, so you have to get up. You, your clothes are all dirty and muddy, so you have to get up, get, get undressed, have a shower. Sounds a bit like yeah. heavy rain, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, come, you come back in, uh, you look in the wallet, you figure out who you are, or you think you are. There's an oh. ID card in there with a name. And an address for a company that you work for. You get in your car, drive to the company. I should have done a little bit more exploring. I might have not come to a sticky end like I did. Um, uh, but basically, I get I got to the office where I work. Oh, but and the phone's ringing when you wake up. And it's so an abattoir. Well, listen. So you, the phone rings. You answer the phone, and this voice is screaming at you to get get into work now. You're late, sort of thing. Yeah. So so that's all you've got to go off. So you you sort of get to this workplace. Uh, I went in. 
I found my little cubicle. Um, I had to, and you hear you, the guy walking past saying, I hope he signed that form before he comes in. So wow. there's a form on the desk. So I picked up the pen, signed the form. I took it in the office and the, the, who presumably a boss goes, who the hell are you? And then it, <laughs> then it goes to a, you have been in prison for life, right? And it what? turns out you're the guy who burgled the house you were in, killed the owner. Uh... And then you end up, sort of, which you obviously don't realize until you get to the office. That's so very interesting. Yeah, so it was cool. I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. a good Little story. Guy. I like that. Yeah, and it was, it was only short, but it was cool. And I'm thinking, if I'd have examined the car and opened the boot, it turns out you'd stuff the body in the boot of the car. Uh, so I might have figured that out before I got there. So, yeah, yeah it was good. Really that's good. interesting. I'm trying to, yeah. You see, if Heavy Rain had that story, I would have liked it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, there are All my right. Any other games? Uh, yeah, the, other, the only other one, they've put the uh, Commodore 64 emulator on the iPod for free wow. this Wow. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, I mean, it's old, but I mean, does it work okay? Not really. Oh, no. It's it's a bit like Game Room all over again. Well, but I mean, that's because the games were not high quality back then. I know, but that's the trouble, isn't it? Because we don't want to play these sh- shitty old games. <laughs> Some people do. <laughs> Who? Who does? I don't know. <laughs> how, how much sales has Game Room had? Yeah, but the way the way this works is similar to Game Room. They, get, they basically give you about 20 for free. None of them are particularly good. Yeah. And then it's 59p for every game after that. Oh, yeah. So for every crappy Commodore 64 game, you want 59p. Yet, I paid 59p for Dungeon Hunter, which is just brilliant. And I've been playing some free text-based adventure games, which are way, well, way course, too but, you, I mean, but wait a minute. Did you have a Commodore 64 back in the day? No, a friend of mine did. Well. I was always jealous. I was your always friend's jealous. probably going to go digging up these emulators and being like, dude, I remember these. Yeah, but do you know what? I'm just like, do we really want to go back there? You know, do are we really still interested in these sorts of things? Or you know, I don't know. I mean, if the, there's there's two games on the I had an Intellivision way back in the day, and there's two games that I'd be interested in playing again. Not probably for any length of time, but uh, the Dungeons and Dragons game and the um, Casino and Blackjack game, like. I don't know. They were kind of fun at the time, and I'm curious to see how they hold up. And they probably won't hold up very well, so I, I don't, you know, I think these companies that are doing all this retro stuff are probably betting on people buying it first and then trying it again later. Oh, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. But, you know, but they're giving this away for free now. It was They were charging for the emulator, you know, so much for the Commodore 64 yeah. emulator. So they've obviously realized that no one's paying for it, so they thought, oh, well. We'll give it away for free, you know, real people in it, and then they'll buy the games. But I'm, in all honesty, I don't know who would buy these because they're just yeah. terrible. They really are rubbish. And it's just like, it's just crap. Yes. Anyway, all right, you know. moving on. Uh, yeah, the other thing I'd just like to touch on this week is there was, there was no arcade title. Yeah, well, there's nothing much being released at all. No, but, but that's the first Wednesday I can remember in, well, I can't, I can't remember a Wednesday when one wasn't released. Yeah. So I just thought it was a bit odd. Now, I do know there was meant to be a game coming out the week before that's been delayed. Mm-hmm. And they put Mega Man 10 a week forward. So I'm assuming, and I'm trying to remember what that game was called, and I can't for the life of me, but it looked it looked quite cool. It was like a first-person game, and it, it's been on the PC, but I can't remember what it was called now. Crisis 2? No, no, but we will talk about that later. APB? Yeah, no, God, I wish that was coming to the 360. I doubt that would come to the arcade, though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. 200 you points. Know. You know, it's all right. <laughs> I'd um, definitely buy it at 200 points. Well, I didn't play an arcade game, but I did play the demo for the uh, World Cup. 
game. All right, okay. The next EA football game. And, I mean, you know, it feels exactly like an EA football game. And I suppose I'd be more interested in getting this than I would, like, FIFA 09 because... I could probably find FIFA 09 cheap, but I like the idea of competing nation to nation, you know, and oh, like have having the tournament. Oh, that's all in FIFA. Is it? I think so. I'm sure it is. I'm sure they have all the they have all the teams. They have all the league teams and the world teams. I'm sure they do. Mm, I don't I know. Not, I'll, I'll take a sure look. I mean, I might just get FIFA 09, but yeah, just get I don't FIFA know. It's been a while FIFA since I've played a good FIFA football game. FIFA 10's out there now, and that'll be fairly cheap. Yeah. And that was meant yeah. to be really, really good. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, that's all I've been playing. I mean, I've been playing quite a lot of stuff, but yeah. uh, I haven't I haven't really played anything else this week. Um, uh, yeah, I have uh, I have also got Darksiders, so hopefully I'm gonna start playing that. But I need to finish Mass Effect too. Yeah, I've got that to finish wow. off as well. You know, so I'm hopefully gonna get that finished off. I don't and know why uh, there's such this wall between me and Mass Effect Two? For some reason, it feels like it's gonna be this huge undertaking, and I want to make sure I'm ready to do it. You know, and I'm sure I'll love it once I start playing it. But I just, for some reason, when I go to the shop, I'm looking at it. I'm like, eh, I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah, I can I can understand that to a certain extent because I mean I've been playing it on and off because of other games coming out, yeah. but it is a massive game. And maybe that's know. why like I'm thinking about it as being this huge investment of time. But then again, I mean for Christ's sake, I'm playing Fallout for the fourth time. It's not like that's not a massive investment, you know? Yeah, no, true enough. But I mean, I mean, it's interesting for me because the first game uh, when I played that, I literally played it and played it and played it till yeah. I finished didn't play anything else yeah uh with this game because there's been so many other games coming out around the same time i've been distracted yeah Uh, see and chinny was talking about how when he plays a game in general like he just plays it like that's his game you know and he doesn't do much else and i don't think i'm i mean i'm sort of like that but i'm very easily distracted as well so i'll stop halfway through especially if it's an open world game yeah yeah by the way you're to do that by the way, I did. I, I worked out how much I'd spent on games this year, this week so far. Uh, again? Did you yeah. Just do that? I don't know. Did we already talk about you this? You said I that mean, about, I think, how much you spent in a month or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, I've, I've worked out how much I've, I've, spent, I've spent up to year to date so far. Uh, yeah. I don't know. 300 know. pounds? Nearly, nearly. Oh, uh, yeah. two, 265 pounds I've spent this year so far. Well, you don't want to do like gifts for your wife or daughter to compare that with because that might not be a favorable comparison. No, no, we get no, we have spending money, so that's how oh, it okay. works. So we both get sixty pounds a month to spend on whatever we want. I got you. So there can be no arguments, you see. There can be no moaning because it's our money to spend however we want. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying though, like if you're talking about like how often you decide to buy something for the Xbox compared to how often you buy something for the missus. Yeah, but that's my spending money. That's <laughs> what I spend. Look, Kay, Kay, my wife, she ferrets hers away. She's got a big stash of cash somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't spend it. She just saves it up. So she's got a big stash somewhere. (laughs) She's planning on buying an oil tanker. No, she buys a handbag every now and again. She'll go and get some expensive handbag. That's what she tends to do. Okay. Moving on. on. Why the hell are we talking about handbags? Um, Yeah, I think it's time we did the Quamrian's Indie Pick for this week. And there is only one this week. And uh, yeah, when when we come back, we'll have a a bit of a chatter about that. Yes. Indie Game Review. Review. This is Michael Quigley, also known as Quanrian on Xbox Live. This week I'm only going to be looking at one indie pick, which is Toonscape by No Static Software. And uh, the best way to describe this game is kind of like a 
casual music experience and I've already looked at quite a few music games in the time that I've done the indie picks and this is quite different than the other ones and in another way it's actually very very similar to a game that some people may or may not be familiar with so that will come up at some point or another so I might as well get that out of the way if you do own a PC and you have looked at reflexive games in the past you may have come across a game called music catch and if you have you're going to get quite a bit of deja vu with this game and that may be a good or bad thing to you to me in my opinion I'm not too terribly bothered with that I'm not too terribly bothered by clones so long as they do something a little bit different and it does but it is pretty much the same concept premise all that it, it's it's going about it the same way you've got music and it's making little shapes come out and you're trying to catch them and there's good shapes and there's bad shapes there really is only two bad shapes per se which would be these red asteroids to try to uh, destroy your multiplier um, and also these little black holes um, and as far as I can tell the black holes themselves don't really do anything very bad they just kind of hinder you whereas the asteroids actually destroy your multiplier but it should be noted there doesn't really seem to be a way to lose at this game you can just keep playing it and playing it and playing it and it doesn't you know there is no you lost it's just basically kind of you're trying to beat your scores and there are goals that you're going for but there is no way to per se lose at this game so it is extremely casual and in that sense it's it's something you can very much pick up and play even if you're not very much into playing video games for the competitive nature of it so it, it's got that going for it and it's got it's got quite a bit of a variety there's different songs as you uh, you're going through and you're unlocking it and one of the things I personally liked and uh, about this game would be the amount of features that you get in the trial and usually that's going to be something that a lot of people are going to have gripes with it may actually keep them from buying something or just trying it to the degree that it should be tried because it, there really are a lot of games that really do deserve more than that eight minute session and do really deserve a person going back and, and just playing them again to really see see what's all there rather than just being oh well I've given it it's eight minutes and it didn't grab me then sometimes that that honestly is it's not going to be enough for certain games well this one it is and one of the ways it does that is really cool it actually lets you go through your music library and mess with any of your songs and the whole song as long as it's less than eight minutes you can play the whole entire song and see how it works in the game and so the game is kind of doubling as a visualizer and it will give you a score and you know keep track of your high score and all that and so that is a nice little bonus uh, you don't just have the song in the game you actually have your entire music library to mess around with that it's going to generate basically I guess what you call levels out of and try to get your best score possible but unlike games like Beat Hazard where it records the score per song it doesn't do that it's just going to give you a general score for your music library so obviously longer songs are going to give you better scores so uh, I'm not really sure I agree with uh, a one score for all your entire library but it is kind of cool to be able to go through there and and just mess around in the trial unrestricted so that that's a real plus for people that aren't really too sure and a little bit on the fence and the game itself does actually get more complicated as you get further in and you do actually have to get these diamonds to unlock new levels so while I said there is no way to lose this at this game there is motivation to do better at it because as you do better at the game and you get the diamonds which require you get a certain score 
then you are going to unlock more levels, which, you know, means a new song and, and a new challenge. So, yeah, there's 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 quite a bit here for, for the 80 points that they're asking, and uh, it's definitely worth checking out. It's a really solid entry, and I, I would like to see something else from this developer, obviously something a little bit more unique. You know, it, it, it's not, you know, my ideal thing to find something that is very, very similar to something else. So, yes, Chinny, you can find this in the flash version for free so uh, i'm going to answer that question for you right away it's it's a reflexive game it is uh put out as a flash version as well but it is different enough and obviously you can't take that flash version and put it on your 360 and play it with your music library so there is some quirks to putting out that dollar and actually purchasing it so yeah definitely check this out and um i'm sure stewart and the others will have their own opinions on uh what this game has uh done for them right there you go there you go yep. now now before we actually give our opinions you know and Ginny isn't here so this is rather apt yeah. uh, but you know you said the other week then you know if Millie thinks a game is better than us then maybe we should ask her opinion on the game <laughs> yes so so that's exactly what so I did Millie play this game she did she played uh-huh. it for a while she had a good go of it what did she think well why don't I play the clip and let you see? All right, go ahead. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to tell you about what I think about the game Tunescape. I thought it was very tricky at the beginning, and when I started to get into the rhythm, I liked it. And I liked the way you could play your own records and the way you could collect stars. And the harder it got, the better. So for this game, it's a proud thumbs up. Yay! Yay! Bless her. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's yeah. what Millie did. And I didn't prompt her. That's exactly what she said. All she right. actually, do you know what's really funny? She actually wrote notes down. Wow. So she actually, before I said, oh, do you want to do this thing for me? Because Duke said, maybe you should review the indie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I got her to do it. <laughs> so there she sat, wrote notes for about five, ten minutes, and then and then... Did the recording? Oh, that's good. She's go. planning ahead. She's organizing her thoughts. What What I particularly liked is how you can play your own records. I had this image of a vinyl record on yeah, top. Yeah, I of- know. I was about to say, like, <laughs> she's got some turntable going on there. And she's putting records on. And and she liked it because it got harder. Yeah, no doubt. The harder, the hard, better. Yeah, hardcore gamer there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so, what did you think anyway? So, so bringing it to a more serious note, what did what well, did you? I hadn't played Music Catch before, so you told me to play that. I did. And after I'd played it. After I played the indie game, I played Music Catch. And I like Music Catch a lot better. It feels more... First of all, the mouse is an easier way to move. And it's not even just the difference between the mouse and the controller on the Xbox, but the player piece, whatever it is, circle thing that's gathering up all the little boxes on the indie game has a lot of momentum. So it... it, it you know, when you when you're at a standstill, it takes a, a little while for the piece to move, and that was annoying because you're supposed to be gathering all these little boxes up, and you can't move very quickly. So that was kind of frustrating to me. And I also felt like it didn't give you a very good sense of when you did pick up something significant. The thing that people need to know before they play it, you have to know this man, is that it's spitting out literally probably hundreds and hundreds of little little shapes at you and you want to pick up most of them but 
a lot of them you can't pick up from what I can tell. They're just too small. So there's a lot of background clutter in the graphics, which I thought was annoying. And perhaps if they had given some little sound for when you picked up something significant, I might feel better because then I would understand what I was getting and how it was helping me. But as it was, it felt like I was just sort of moving my circle over a bunch of shapes and I didn't really feel that connected to doing well or doing poorly. Hmm, interesting. I mean, before before I talk about the game, I, I just need to clarify a few things. Um, I'd actually played Music Catch before, so before okay. I played this game, I had actually played Music Catch. Yeah. Uh, when I saw it on the Xbox, I bought it straight away because I'd played and enjoyed Music Catch. I really liked the demo, and and I, I actually automatically assumed it was by the same developer. Yeah. Um, so I was a, I was a bit sort of shocked and a bit taken aback when I found out that it wasn't because. It, it it really is very similar. Are you it, sure it's not somebody who like changed their name in between? No, or? no, no. And and the reason I know this is because I actually emailed the developer. Oh yeah. Um. Of, of explain Jim yourself. Jeff. So yeah, I just basically sent him a quick email saying, you know, we host the, the podcast and we review indie games each week, and it was going to be his game this week. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't help noticing the similarities to Music Catch by Isaac Shepard. And published by Reflexive Games. I just wondered if this was an influence on your game. So mm. that's that's basically what. That's I a nice to diplomatic way to ask it. I'd, I'd, yeah, I thought I'd do it in a diplomatic because you know I'd, I just thought I'd ask him the question, and and yeah. this is what I got in reply. So this shut up, man! Said. It's nothing like that other no, game. No, Quit accusing no. me of plagiarism. No, basically he said, "Hi, Stuart. You aren't the first person to make this observation." <laughs> smiley face. Yes, Music Catch was one of the early inspirations for the game, but things diverged pretty quickly. No. Well, as the gamepad has control affordances and are quite different from a mouse. In some ways, though, I guess it plays more like music catch now than it used to. My early builds had the orb moving very, very slowly and with more inertia. I liked it that way, but it came under fire during playtesting, so I had to make things more twitchy. Uh, thanks for featuring me on your podcast. Can you drop me an email when it goes live? Uh, <laughs> if you have any other questions, just let me know. Regards, Mike. So he was very open about it, that you know. But what I would say is, yeah, what I would say is this though: I bought the game. Um, I've I've played it for quite a lot as it goes. I've put quite a lot of uh, of time into it, and and it is a lot different. And the the first thing I would say is it it feels more like a game. So I have to sort of disagree with you. Although using a mouse makes it easier, there's no challenge there for me. So the music catch doesn't feel like a game. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, depending on how you define game. Yeah, there's no challenge. Now, with TuneScape, it's totally different because for every so many points you get, you, you gain a diamond, basically. And the diamonds are then used to unlock levels later on. Uh, I see. So you have to gain so many diamonds to unlock the levels. So why didn't got... we get a taste of that in the trial game then? Uh, because you, you you do, because you can play the first two levels, but you possibly only played the tutorial. Because the other thing to mention is the piano music is only in the tutorial on the indie game. It isn't in the actual levels. Yeah. When you get to levels, it changes quite a lot. There's some like reggae beats. There's some that are sort of techno-y. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's a lot of different styles of music going on in there as well. Um, but I love it. I absolutely love it. And what's cool as you move on, it does change as well. Because one level I got to, you suddenly have a smaller orb that tethers the big orb to you, yeah. and then there's sort of you have to sort of control it, like you're towing it around, mm. as opposed to just controlling the orb. So I'm 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 loving it. You know, I I am slightly uncomfortable with with how much it looks like music catch, and I do find well, it. That's hard the thing to... is that it looks like it, it sounds yeah. like it, it sort of controls. I mean, I understand there's differences but 
it does seem to be very strongly based on this other thing. Yeah, I do. I, I, I initially I did find it hard to look past that because it was a little bit like it is quite plagiaristic, you know, and it almost is identical. But once I started playing the game in full, I can see how it differs. I just wish he would have skinned it some way different so it didn't look quite so much like it. Yeah. You know, had he changed the the art style of it? Exactly. I mean, black background, time. basic color shapes, uh, you know. Piano even, music even sounding very similar. Is bad, yellow is good. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. So just to, just to correct you, though, there is a sound when you pick up a shape. It, it makes like a crackling noise each really? time you shape. Yeah, so you probably didn't hit very many. No, uh, but it, I was getting all sorts of shit. It does make quite a loud crackle. It does well, make, I don't know. It does. Trust me, it definitely does it. It definitely does. So you do know when you've hit the right shapes. And they, they are a lot bigger. There's like triangles, circles, squares, and they, and they do stand out from the background. Uh, the other thing just to mention as well, which is quite cool as well, if you play the credits, uh, as the names come up, you can hit those and they disintegrate as well. So that was a cool oh, little touch. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And the fact you can play all your music library, I really like about it. Yeah, I didn't notice that it was, I mean, you know, Beat Hazard, it's very clear what the music is doing. And I suppose this sort of is, but it wasn't nearly as cool for me as Beat Hazard. No, it, it basically the music affects how many shapes are thrown out yeah. at you. So it doesn't actually affect gameplay. But when you play yeah. it with your own, it becomes more like a visualized, like an interactive right, visual. Right, right. Which is cool. I, I really liked it. So, you know, uh, I've got to sort of give him some credit for, for developing a really cool. And it, it does feel more like a game to me than music catch. So I, I really like that about it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just a little bit uncomfortable with how much it looks like music catch. And that's my probably only criticism, really. Yeah. That's probably and and Millie liked it, so there you go. So the the Millie benchmark is it's a thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, for TuneScape, so there you yeah. go. There so you there go. go. Okay, let's move on. So there okay. You go. That's Indie Pick this week. So yeah, I recommend. And for eighty points, you can't really go wrong. I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. Okay, let's uh, yeah, let's move on. Moving on. Yeah, I've got I've got a sort of a topic to talk about this week for a bit Ooh, of a change. A topic. I like topics. I know. I thought rather than, you know, because we do a lot of new stuff, so I thought rather than doing new stuff, uh, I thought we'd have a bit of a topic. And it's something I've thought about for quite a while, really. Chinny and high heels? Yeah, that's... Like pro or con? I really Ask don't Ask Millie like. about that. Thumbs up or thumbs down on Chinny and high heels? No, I don't. I don't really want to think. <laughs> but yeah, no, what I want to talk about is, okay, we've, you know, in the last couple of years, we've had a lot of game sequels. Yes. Uh, that do pretty well, you know, overall they do well, you know, sales-wise. And But what I wanted to sort of ask was, are, are they doing a disservice to sort of creativity and new IPs by being that sort of easy money? Easy money. I'll give you a couple of examples in the last, you know, few years. I mean, the, the prime one's probably Bioshock 2. Yeah. Which, obviously, they had all the assets for, so it was easy to do a sequel. Right. Uh, and, it, and it sold fairly well but but do we need this many sequels or you know are, are we sort of ending up in a in a place where developers are, are getting lazy because it's easy to do a sequel than it is to come up with something new you know what i wouldn't say the developers are getting lazy i would say that the companies the 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 um the production companies you know the release the the distributors yeah, like are activision lazy. or ea exactly or i think they're the ones who are you know, they're the ones who call the shots about what gets made and what doesn't. You know, they're thumbs up, thumbs down. They're gatekeepers. And I don't know that a developer would always say, we want to do the sequel to this. We want to do more sequels. We want to do more sequels. So much as it is, 
you know, that's the easiest thing for them to get funding for. And then if they can do a bunch of those, then if they have a really creative idea in the wings, they can then put in, I mean, you know, not to say they can't make creative decisions about sequels, but, you know, if they want to do a totally new thing, they, they need to establish themselves with something else first. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you take a company like Valve, for instance, and don't get me wrong, they've done sequels, and yeah. obviously Left 4 Dead 2 is a case in point of this very thing, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but then they have brought a lot of new IPs as well, and and obviously interesting games as well, you know, so I don't know, it's a tricky, but then we've got Portal 2 coming this year, haven't we? Yeah. But but are you as excited about Portal 2 being a sequel to the first one, or are you sort of a bit more, ooh, you know, it might just be more of the same? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think th- that Portal in some ways is an unusual example because it's had a long time to gestate. You know what I mean? It's really been – it was kind of a – from what I understand, it was sort of a small release. It wasn't some huge hyped thing, right? And it became incredibly beloved. Like there is a massively devoted, loyal uh, group of people who just love that game, including ourselves. And as a result, I think there's a demand for a very high-quality product to serve as its sequel. Now, you might say the same thing about Bioshock. I was just going to make that comparison, I have to say. Which is fine. Um, But I think Valve... I don't know. I suppose I would say the same thing about Left 4 Dead, except that Left 4 Dead didn't gestate as long. You know what I mean? Like, it was... I don't know. I feel like because Portal is so specific and unique in terms of what people love about it, I, I, I have faith that Valve will avoid the mistake of... Uh, screwing up the sequel. I mean, do you, I mean, I mean, if we look at Call of Duty, for instance, you know, we get one of those every year. Do we need yes, we a do. Call of Duty game every year? No, of course not. Absolutely you not. Know? And, I would and say Treyarch should just do other games and don't bother with the Call of Duty and Activision. But I mean, you know, look, look at it from their point of view. Why wouldn't they do a new one every year? It doesn't take a whole lot of work. I can't imagine. I mean, they're not changing it that much. So and is then, it is it our fault as gamers then for buying these things? Well, I mean, there's something to be said for the... I mean, that's the thing is that with modern... I mean, yeah, I suppose... I mean, yeah, I felt stupid buying World at War. Like, I never really liked it. I tried the single player. I didn't really care for it. The multiplayer was mediocre. I don't like the weapons that people used in World War II. I think they're clumsy. And I mean, you know, all the reasons we don't use them anymore um, in the real world. But, you know... I, I, yeah, I think if we were to stop buying them, they'd stop making them. But at the same time, it is nice to have a new kind of skin on this game type that is really such a nice standby to have. I realized recently, because I've been playing the stimulus package, it's really uh, Modern Warfare 2 exists in a space that is unlike other games, I think, because it's something I always enjoy going back to. It's something where if I have a half an hour to kill... Um, you know, that's that's something I think about. Oh, that would be fun to do that, you know. And so I think it has this place on my shelf as being constantly fun, always something to unlock. And I don't really know, I suppose, you know, Battlefield Bad Company's done this, that a little why, bit. but why, why did you buy World at War then? Was it just peer pressure? Was it purely because it you kind of was? Yeah, everybody was playing it. I was just starting to get involved in online gaming communities, and the first one I joined, that's all anybody was playing. So I was like, "Well, I can hang out with these people if I get it, so I'll get it." And I was also kind of curious, and I had students who were like, "You get World at War, blah blah blah." I have got some free passes for this, by the way. 
There are some free passes for this. Okay. Uh, uh, one would be Halo 3. One would be Halo really? 3. Yeah. Because Is Halo was... 3 like a sea change different, better than Halo 2? No, but it was the first next-gen version of Halo. So that's a free pass. So it hadn't why been is made... that a free pass? Because it hadn't been made on a 360 before. So why? Was it a good and, story? And the same goes for God of War 3. Because obviously uh, that, uh, those don't get free passes from me. You get a free pass. Oh, you want to see those games you loved on the the older consoles? On <laughs> you the just got done saying we don't need to have these games recycled. Well, they're not are they? because they're sort of almost like a new game, aren't they? Because I that's know, on the, I, I yeah. just, I don't, I don't agree with that. But go on. <laughs> so, do, do you not agree that's a, a free pass? No, Surely. it's a free pass because I mean that's like saying if they made a new Pac-Man game, well, they haven't made one on the 360. Nobody yeah, cares. But, yeah, but, you know, say, you know, Metal Gear Solid 4, that's another one. Killzone 2. Killzone 2. These are free passes because they're next gen, aren't they? And they weren't before. But but I don't care about that. I mean, if the complaint is that sequels tend to be uncreative and, you know, similar to the old one, well, how does that change? Okay, let me ask you this, gen? then. Okay. If, the, if they did a, a next gen version of Myst... Yes, you I'd know. buy it, of course. You would, wouldn't you? Because you'd be excited to see what it would look like on a... Well, no, you know, it wouldn't be for that reason. It would be because I've always liked those games, and I'm always willing to give them a try. And they've... But I will say this, I would probably wait to find it used. I would want to <laughs> you'd see... You'd wait to find all your games used. Well, but but here's... But no, 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 no. But I buy some new. I bought Bad Company new. I bought Modern Warfare new. I bought... Um, Heavy Rain new. I bought, oh, God. <laughs> um, but the point is that with Mist, I mean, I would wait because here's why. I, I don't have faith in them to tell a good story anymore. The last couple of Mist games have been pretty weak in terms of story and in gameplay. So that's the thing. For me, it doesn't really matter just because it's next gen. That doesn't necessarily make up for the fact that, for instance, there's no story in God of War. Yeah, you know, I but that's so- not why we play that game, so it's okay. No. I sort of disagree with that slightly. I thought it was okay, you know. I mean, he does shout a lot, and but I like—I got the revenge thing, you know. I got why he was angry. Yeah, Did well, Chini said that the third game ties up a lot of that. Yeah, and I got that, you know, and I got the the Pandora thing, and I got why he would wanted to kill Zeus, and I quite liked all that. And there were some good characters in it, you know. Zeus's wife was just pissed all the time in the game. Well, yeah, it's Hera. She's always yeah. mad. Yeah, and that and her and she was a character. lion, cheat, and scumbag. Yeah, and it was cool, you know, and I got all that. So even though it wasn't a story in the traditional sense, it was it was done in a very cinematic way. That's fine. And I, and I like that. It was like a popcorn okay. movie. I quite like that. Well, you know? if we're talking about free passes for this rule, though, I mean, okay. Assassin's Creed, I think, is the one. Yes. Now, that was the other thing I was going to mention, but you've already stole my thunder. Uh-huh. But yeah, I was going to say the other free passes should go to games that were the first game felt almost like a prototype if you will oh, the, then... the second game certainly does a much better job than the first yeah one. but he said i was trying to think of some other examples of that but i struggled i have to say empire strikes back yeah but that's not, not a game, game. the movie <laughs> well, yeah. well, no, but the, i mean but the point that i would make there is that this is a question obviously a lot of people have brought up about movies and that you know the more somebody does sequels of a you know saw is a good example i've never yeah. seen any of the saw movies before and i hear the first one was like a really interesting idea and then the second one the third one fourth one fifth one like all of them are just variations on that same idea and they're not very creative and original yeah i mean it's diminishing returns isn't it of course and because the same you get original yeah, idea the and then it gets diluted. yeah, yeah. alien and i mean you know even episode one and two and three about it you see I'd, I'd say aliens was better than alien no i don't i can't pick a favorite between the two of them but 
you know, four is certainly horrible. Four is a really dumb movie in an alien series. Robocop two is the worst Awful. sequel ever made. Awful. But do you know what? This is what worries me with games because you know, it is almost like a free pass for developers to make a sequel and then go and everybody'll buy it. Yeah. They're they're because and here's the thing, they spend some you know, if an IP really hits, like if they strike gold, like with Bioshock, that means that that IP has a certain amount of capital among the population. People really love that IP and they're willing to go along in a way with a sequel that they wouldn't in a new IP. Even if the new IP looks to do some similar things, it doesn't matter because they're trading on the value that that has. It's the brand thing. They've invested money and time and effort into the brand of Bioshock and they know that people are loyal to that brand and they're willing to follow it to a sequel. I mean, but this is what worries me about Activision in a way, because Bobby Kotek wants every game to be a franchise. That's how he views all games. Absolutely. And you're right. When it asks a question about the concept of constantly loading up sequels, that does do creativity disservice because you are you, – you, you have some very stringent boundaries on the kind of story you can tell then. Um, and, and, and as a result, like we saw, I mean, as much as I love Assassin's Creed 2, the beginning and middle are, it's obvious that it's plugged into the middle of this story sequence that begins with Assassin's Creed 1 and will at least continue with 3, if not end there. And it, it feels like you're sort of just along for the ride in the middle of this thing. And if you don't know the beginning part and you don't, you know, you, you know they're just trying to drag you along to the next part. And it's very hard to tell a very interesting story in that, zone there and i think empire strikes back is a great example of doing it well but it's kind of rare i was going to say the other i have just thought of a couple more you know where the sequel has been much better than the first or the original game yeah yeah just cause 2 it's probably a good example from what i'm hearing off everybody sure and the other one saints row 2 was apparently yeah i still haven't played that yet i love the first one i thought the first one was really good i actually really liked the story of the first one um, I mean, not it was a brilliant story, but you know, it was a fun gameplay, and there was this cool thing they did where the the main character doesn't talk very much, except for every rarely like like at the end of each major section of the game, like he'll say one line, and it's really funny. So, um, but yeah, and I think games, in a sense, it's sort of a double edged sword because obviously, with the second game in a series, the developer has more tools. They know what works and doesn't work. They know to leave parts out of a game, like in Assassin's Creed 2. They're like, okay, we're not going to make this person ride this horse everywhere, so we'll put the fast travel thing in. Good. Um, and in some regards, you know, obviously graphics are going to be better and so forth. So sequels, in that sense, tend to be stronger in some respects if the developer works hard to make them better. But on the other hand, yeah, when it comes to storytelling and character and stuff, it, usually the sequel is not as good as the first one. Yeah, I mean, the the, the final one where I, I, I would say they get a free pass, and, and it's for quite a valid reason, would be the Grand Theft Auto series. Yeah, and the only right reason. That. The only reason being is that every game is in a new setting, more or less. They're not connected in any significant way. No, they're they're all brand new stories, sort of set within a similar game world, but it it changes vastly from one to the next. And, you know, when you play something like The Ballad of Gay Tony, which is set in the same city, but is completely different. Right, right. And they, you know, they're sequels in sort of title and gameplay only, not so much in story. Yeah, so I'll give those a free pass as well. Yeah, you know, the the, the more... publishers force developers to make you know to focus so much on sequels i think we're going to have this lessened 
uh, attention to story, which is why I, you know, for as much as I hated it, I do like the fact that Heavy Rain was trying to do something new and interesting. And I do like the fact that there are people, developers t- willing to take a risk on a different story. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's going to get more and more rare. And I think we've seen it get more and more rare. It kind of feels like games in this gen have less interesting stories than the ones on the PS2 and the original Xbox. Now, maybe that's just my subjective perception, and I've probably played a lot more games that I wouldn't have played otherwise because I've been getting involved in gaming communities, but at the same time, it just sort of feels, when I think back to the PS2, I just feel like there were games there that really riveted me with their story, whereas, you know, with some exceptions like Mass Effect, it doesn't happen as much to me on this current gen. Yeah, I mean, the fi- I think the final thing I would say on the on this subject before we do move on is that... Yeah, it's tricky because publishers are less willing to invest in something that's not a proven concept, aren't they? Oh, sure. You know, so if someone comes up with, you know, if somebody went to, you know, a developer with a game like Portal and said, I've got this really crazy idea where we can make this puzzle game and uh, people can go in and out of portals and all this, that and the other, you know, it might not have sold, you know. Well, and, the, and the company would then say, yeah, and who are they shooting? Yeah, exactly. Like, well, you know, and the portals. What? There's no terrorists? And it, it, it's unfortunately for us, we have got a company like Valve who's willing to take a risk on games like that, you know, and put sure. them out there. Yeah, so this moves me nicely on to the next thing we're going to talk about, which is uh, I've, uh, there's been some news this week of quite a few sequels. Oh, so, so I'm going to talk about these. Uh, first one of which is Gears of War 3 to release in April 2011. Oh, that's not a shock. Yeah, but it's all, not only is it not a shock, but I just wasn't bothered. Well, no. I mean, I know? think... At this point, the only people who are really into Gears of War are people who play it a lot online. Yeah, but I and... love the first one, and I played it online a lot. So what was different with the second one? It was the, the, the online was a bit broken. Not as many people picked it up. And yeah, the, the actual story, I, I, I didn't hate it, but the ending was just awful. Mm. The ending of the get the first the original game ending I really loved because it was such a challenge. Yeah. You know, to do RAM on, and and also I play, I have played for, through the first game probably about four or five times wow. with different people on the hardest setting, and absolutely love it. And, and I loved it. it. And probably I still, had a lot to do with the fact that it was so fresh and original and yeah. New but I would happily out. play it again today and probably still enjoy it as much because right. I love playing that game in co-op with other people and just really enjoying showing everyone where the cog tags were hidden and yeah. I just love that game. <laughs> and and the ending, doing that end part, you know, with you know General Ram at the end is is. You know, when you'd finally kill him, it's such a moment because oh, sure, takes, yeah, I remember being elated when I got that. Yeah, because you kill it. Yeah, it takes you so many times to do it. Yeah, you know, and it it really did get that sort of one more go mentality going. Because yeah, you yeah, have, oh sure, yeah, no doubt. It was very riveting, and it was the type of thing where you're like, I can do this. But the second one, I mean, did you play the second one? I played it for like a very very short period of time, and I tried playing it a little bit online. And I couldn't, and I sucked at it, and I wasn't having fun with it, so I sold it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But the ending, it was just awful. The ending, it, it was just an interactive cutscene. Mm. Um, and there was no challenge at all. It was just, uh, so it, it felt very flat. It felt, you know, when you finish and feel, was that it? Was that like really the first it? missed game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit like that. I just, I don't know. Like did you, did you have that feeling at the end of Mist? Like, what is that? No, it, really? I, I sort of didn't mind that too uh, much. I, I didn't hated mind that. that too much. Anyway, but yeah, I was just very disappointed. And then this, I'm just like, and it's also been gazumped because uh, 
Uh, Cliff Blazinski was meant to go on some chat show. Was it Jimmy Fallon or something like that in, in America, some show? Yeah, he has a show. I don't think he should have a show because he's not that funny. Anyway, anyway, he was meant to go on there to do this announcement, and he got bumped because they had that boy singer on. God, <laughs> what's his name? I can't even remember his name. My daughter quite likes him, but he's some new sort of teenage singer boy. Yeah. Uh, so he got bumped until a week later. Uh, well, somebody mustn't have told Xbox because he put it up on the dashboard. Gears <laughs> uh, wow. of War 3 to release April 2011. Whoops. Yeah, so there Whatever. you go. Whatever, it's not like that's a big shock. Yeah, I'm just not bothered, though. You know, yeah, I really am not. I mean, this, if, when they announced Gears of War 2, I was quite excited. Announcing this, just not bothered. Right, let's well, move I think on. It, yeah, I think it's not going to have nearly as much punch as like Halo 3, for instance. Yeah, yeah, I sort of agree. Okay, next one, Crisis 2. Yes. Crisis 2, they released a new trailer, uh, and they did this big reveal. So yeah. are, are you excited about this? Are you not bothered? Could you, eh. you know, couldn't care I mean, less? I don't think I know enough about it to really be all that excited. So tell me it's a first-person shooter. Yeah. So in the first game, different from okay, in the, okay. In, the, in the first game, I did play a little bit. I played the demo. I and I was on PC only, is that right? Yeah, PC only, and yeah, I could just about run it on medium settings uh, with my graphics card. Yeah. Uh, basically, it was some weird sort of concept. Basically, you were on an island, you sort of start off at the beginning, you parachute in, and there's sort of uh, like a, I don't know whether it's a terrorist cell, or but there's, there's, there's people on the like a militant cell or whatever on the island, and you're fighting against them, and then about halfway through the game, it switches to aliens, who've crash-landed on the island or are on the <laughs> island or something. So it goes from fighting Sounds normal really people to aliens. Um, and that's that's how... But the, 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 the trick of the game, it was quite open world. So you could decide how you... You know, you could get a boat to your next objective or you could go on land or you could nick a car or yeah. whatever. So there was lots of ways to get to where you needed to go for your next object. So it wasn't linear. Yeah. And you, you had a special suit. Uh, that had all these different powers, so they could give you super strength, it could make you go invisible, uh, make you extra fast. Eh. Uh, so it had all these special powers, which is obviously back in the second game. Yeah. Uh, but, the, but the biggest thing about this game at the time was, was really was the, the way it looked. Mm-hmm. Uh, because obviously graphically there was nothing, and, and you had to have a, you know, a PC that you had to cool in water or something to make yeah, it work. Right. Uh, on his full settings. So See, that's... I'm going to be honest. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is just because I've never been an incredibly visual person, but especially with first-person shooters, I'm not usually all that bothered about how they look. I'm very interested in how they play and the feel of the controls and all that. And I I, I don't know. I, the, the, the way a first-person shooter looks has never been important to me. Yeah, no, I agree. So I'm not. I'm sort of. I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing it on a console. Mm. Um, and and like I say, it plays quite well. You know, it was never really criticised for the way it played. Right. You know, with the with the the first person mechanics work really really well on it. So I reckon it's going to be pretty cool to play. Mm. Um, and I think I'm, I do think it had quite a big multiplayer component on the PC that a lot of people played. Yeah. So I guess I guess we'll have to wait and well, see. Well, if it's going to be a first person shooter that survives on a console, it's got to have multiplayer. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, next one, yeah, Fear Free. Fear Free. I mean, this I'm much more interested in this than. Yeah, I'm, I'm not excited at all. I really well, am not because it's not being developed by Monolith. They're I know, but that it. doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah, it really does mean something when you well, find out what games. Who is doing it? 
Um, so the the company that is uh, developing it is a company called I'm trying to remember the name. Day of them One now. Studios. Yeah, Day One Studios. You know what they've done? No, nope. they did. Uh, uh, Mech Assault. They did on the older okay. consoles, and they did Fracture. Now we all remember how good that game I was. I never played Fracture. It was awful. It yeah. really was awful. And they also working with Monolith did the first port of the original Fear. Oh yeah. Which again wasn't anywhere near as good as the PC version. Mm. So I'm not really yeah, that excited. See why you wouldn't be so excited? Yeah, I'm a little bit. Although I've got to say the trailer was very cool. Have you seen the trailer? Did yeah, you yeah, watch the that? trailers. I mean, it's very fragmented, and you don't get a whole lot of information about it, obviously. But I mean, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. For me, I don't know. Yeah, like Fear Two. I don't know. I guess I just love Fear Two so much that. I just get excited. I guess I'm falling prey to the same sequel thing we were just talking about. Like, hey, dude, it's sequel to this great game. Yeah, yeah, and that's. Uh, but, I, and that's but, but I'm also not holding my breath for the story because the second one had an okay story, but I don't know. It didn't really blow me away, and the end left me saying, "What the hell was that?" No, I quite like the second game. I must admit, I did enjoy the second game I more so it. than the first I just one. didn't feel like the story was the best thing ever about it. No. But it was it was cool enough. I, I like the way they've done the trailer in real, you know, with real actors and stuff, yeah, yeah. as opposed to, you know, as opposed to doing, um, you know, having it as game stuff. But that's possibly because they haven't got any game stuff at the moment. Right. Exactly. You know, that, that may be why. Um, and yeah, think they're being original with this three as the e in the word fear because uh, Driver did that with their third game. So, but they have Talk got John Carpenter. They've got John Carpenter on board. Helping yeah. with the writing duties. Yeah. And there's somebody else that was Steve Niles who wrote 30 yeah. Days of Night. Yeah. So they've got so. some good writing duties on board. So you never know. But you I'm never. just... It, mm, it's too it's, early to judge. Yeah, it's, it's too early to, to judge. Okay. One game I, ha- I am getting excited about that I want to move on to is uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yes. Yeah, I am getting a little... I wasn't... Listen, people. If you have not seen the trailer, it's not just a trailer. Like, it's got a voiceover and it's explaining how this multiplayer is going to work. If if I'm if if it works the way they explain it working, it's going to be the kind of change in multiplayer gameplay that GTA brought to single player gameplay. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. really looks like it can do open world multiplayer. Correct? Almost, almost. I've I've read it since I, since I put that trailer up there. I have read a preview of someone who's been playing it. It's not quite as sort of expanses that they've made out. Yeah. Nearly. Nearly. Well, I but... mean, I don't... Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's the sort of thing where we're going to get there in pieces. Because right now... Well, I don't know. I have never done, like, GTA 4 online much. Oh, that's cool. The free mode on that is pretty cool. But, I mean, I remember in Saints Row 1, for instance, I mean, a lot of times what they did... Was, and they say this on the trailer. A lot of times, open-world multiplayer is... A part of the map closed off and you have like a death match or capture the flag or whatever it is in there. And I, they, they look like they're working really hard to make sure that the openness of the single player is, and the co-op is going to transfer over to multiplayer. And in that sense, like you said, it's kind of like an MMO. It kind of is and it kind of isn't. Well, Especially because there's XP. Yeah, but what they didn't quite say in the, in the trailer, which I've found out since, is that the the most actual plays you can have on the map, even though it's the whole of the map, yeah. is it's only sixteen. So you can only have two posses of eight. Interesting. Interesting. But what they do have is AI posses of eight dotted around as well. That's good. I like yeah, that. Yeah. So the, so they're See, all. Because I was wondering about that. Like, so yeah. yeah, your posse fights with this other posse. How do they keep a third posse from coming in? 
because the other posses are all AI generated ones. And and anybody who's on a different they're on a different server or whatever it is. Yeah, so you got yeah, so you got your, your your two lots of eight, which is yours, or you can go it alone. Obviously, you can just go in there on your own and cause have. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it would be interesting enough than to just have. I mean, you know, so you have two posses fight, and then one posse gets defeated. What they respawn somewhere else, I guess, and then you go back and fight some more. Or, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I I think that does dampen my excitement about it. No, I think it's still quite cool because basically what happens when you come across another posse, you yeah. can just initiate a deathmatch from that point onwards. Right. Wherever that may be on the map. Yeah. So you can suddenly end up with a deathmatch. And they've also got this really cool thing with the actual, you know, like the normal modes. There's, uh, they've, they've cut it down. In, in GTA 4, there was 15 uh, different modes that you could do, plus, yeah. plus the roam. Right. Um, in in Redemption, the, there's actually only four normal modes, mm. um, five if you include the, the free roam mode. So they've they've actually cut down what there is and tried to refine it more. This would be interesting. I don't know if they plan to do this or not, but this would be interesting is if you had your posse in a game and you fight against another posse. If you yeah. were to die against that posse, you get kicked out of that game. You're all still together. But you're now taken away from that other posse, you know what I mean? So that the next time you fight someone, it's not going to be that same group of people. Yeah, that no, I think that's cool. To me. I think that's cool. What I quite like about it, I think it is as, obviously a step in the right direction, you know, yeah. for an MMO type game. You know, we had Borderlands, which felt a little bit like that. Yeah, and obviously, this is taking it to 16, so uh-huh. suddenly you, you've got this even bigger group of people playing together, you know. As yeah. as a uh, what they've also done in the in the uh, obviously you never played the GTA 4 multiplayer, okay. uh, but you could only uh, you could either choose when you set up a game it was either auto lock on shooting yeah. or obviously free shooting where you right. you know you had to aim up manually. Uh, it was too it wasn't accurate enough to aim up manually, mm-hmm. uh, and then people complained when it was lock on because it just right. became a sort of switch from one target to another. Yeah. So that was always a real issue. What they've done with this, they've, they've actually fixed that. Um, but basically, they've they've made it so it only auto-locks on when you get near to a character. Oh, that's a good compromise. Yeah, so they've done that. And they also have this what's called dead-eye mode. Huh. Dead-eye mode. So you fill up a meter uh, as you kill as you get kill streaks and stuff, or you can find crates that have it, have it in. Yeah. Um, basically, when your meter's full, you, you can click down on your right thumbstick. Yeah. And and then it goes into like a bullet time. Is that type. bullet time thing we were talking about yeah. last week? Man. It would tell you that game music, game music. Yeah. But basically, you can pick more than one target, so you can pick say five targets, which is a bit like they did it in uh, Call of Juarez too. Yeah, yeah, I was remembering that. Yeah, because he did that in Call of Juarez too. So you basically pick four or five targets, and then obviously when you go back into normal time, yeah. it, it's small, yeah. which is which is quite cool. That is cool. So I like that. So there's lots of of nice things going on in there. There's like a there's a, a capture the flag called Hold Your Own. Yep. Uh, but it's gold rather than flags. Right. So you have to pick up gold, which is a little bit like uh, Uncharted 2 did it. Yeah. Those was gold. Um, yeah. And then there's uh, there's another one called uh, Gold Rush, uh, which is just loads of bags of gold on the map, and you have to go and retrieve them and place them in a in a place. So, again, yeah. which was a lot like Uncharted 2. There was a lot of one like that, Uncharted 2, yep. Yep. And then final one, which is the one I'm probably most interested in, is the free roam mode. Yeah. Which is the one where you can get your posse and go yeah. journeying around the map. Right. And 
And it has like, um, you know, like the uh, horde mode of Gears of War 2. Oh, yeah. Wave after this... wave of enemy coming in. Yeah, but these are animals, so they're dangerous animals. Oh, yeah. So basically you can go to an area where these animals are native and then you, you get sort of lots of them trying to attack you and you have to, you know, That's kill cool. them all. So there's that. And then there's another one where you have to go and search out um, stuff and you have to get these rare herbs from different environments, you know, while avoiding the attention of the deadly predators, as it were. Oh, boy, stealth. I love that. Yeah, so there's a bit of that in there. Ooh. And then there's, then there's sharpshooter challenges. Yeah. Uh, throughout the free run mode, where you can you, you have to do stuff like say uh, shoot a gun out of an enemy's hand. Oh yeah. And and things like that. There's also uh, there's also snipers. So there is snipers in this game. Yeah. So I like it. I I think it's gonna. But be were good. sniper rifles a big problem in the old west? Obviously, must be. <laughs> See, this kind of feels a little bit like World at War, where they had the painted on cross sites they didn't have that at world war Two. don't give me a break well we'll see we'll wait and see you know i'll, I'll let it off for that yeah i mean I'm, I'm interested in it for some reason the old west really appeals to me in terms of video games like gun was awesome i loved it uh, i never played call of juarez but you know i think there's something about that time period that really suits an open world game for some reason yeah i mean what's nice about it is right in gta 4 although the free roam the free roam mode really worked well yeah. you were sort of limited to your imagination basic uh, yeah. sorry, you were you were limited to your imagination basically because you had to come up with your own game types because there wasn't any yeah. so it was basically the city's yours do whatever the hell right, you like right. so we came up with all sorts of stuff we had one which we called speed bus yeah. which worked quite well and basically what it was you had uh you know, however many of say there were eight of you playing the game, you get four on a bus. Yeah. Uh, you give them like a, a three-minute head start, and then you have to hunt them down and destroy mm. the bus with them on board. So that was our own game. We had another one where you, you basically, when you went into free roam mode, there was the like the whole islands were like the lobby before you actually went into a game, and you couldn't yeah. run around in that doing stuff. Yeah. But you always spawned in the same place, which was like a dock at, at mm. one end of the island. Yeah, I remember you and Shinny talking about this at one point. And basically, we had this game mode that we came up with where you had to race to the airport, which was right at the opposite side in teams of two. Yeah. Hijack a helicopter and fly it back, and the first one back to the dock was the winner. Yeah. So we that's did cool. that as well, and then we had another one called Bird. I mean, that's, that's good to have a big open world like that, and I mean, you'd want to have that, but then it's also good to have some more structured things in as well. And I think that's where this will be a lot better, because I yeah. feel like it's actually going to give you something to do in that big open world, right, right. like Borderlands. You know, you're going to yeah. have sorts of objectives to complete, and sure. yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited now. I, I wasn't, yeah, yeah. but I sort of am now. So well, and I'll trailer, be... I think, did a good job of showing yeah. us some new stuff. It really, really did. So, yeah, so good on your Rockstar, and let's hope they live up to expectation is, is yes. what I... You know, let's really hope that they... Uh, oh, God, I just hope they do. <laughs> yeah. I really hope they pull it together. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's... Moving on. Let's move on, yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, I've got to talk a little bit about this. The Activision versus Infinity Ward, it's, uh, yeah, getting even more ugly now, isn't oy, it? Oy, oy. Yeah, now, now Activision have done a counterclaim... Of course. Of course. And, and basically, they're accusing, um, you know, Vince Sampella and Jason West of being self-indulgent and greedy and, yeah, basically all sorts of stuff, you know. And, and they're saying that they didn't take it lightly firing them and they'd considered everything and done a thorough investigation. Yeah. And, you know, they supposedly found emails of them 
trying to smuggle stuff out of the office. You know. See, which, I think at a certain point you're bound to get this. Yeah, but that's just rubbish, right? I I work for a big company, right? I have all my stuff on my hard drive on my laptop. I can come home and copy that onto an external hard drive. Why would I be trying to send covert emails to people from work if I was doing that? Well, but I mean, we're talking about people who have a lot of capital to trade with. You know what I mean? Like, if they... I mean, yeah, it doesn't make sense that they should... You know, if you were going to send an email to another company... Yeah. Right. Telling them you were doing something dodgy. You would not do it from your work computer on your Maybe work they account. They wouldn't believe that it was you if you didn't send it from work. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I. I don't. To be honest, I don't really care about all of this because I believe there's enough greed and confusion on both sides here to make lots of people guilty of stuff. From what I've heard, these two guys and basically everybody in Infinity Ward has not yet seen a dime from Modern Warfare Two. Yep. And Apparently. if that's true, I don't really care what Activision has to say because that's not – I can't I imagine why that's excusable. That seems utterly ridiculous to me. Yeah, there's some weird There's some weird thing they've said about the bonuses. There's some weird thing. Okay. Okay, because Activision in the claim have said uh, that Zampella and West began to take an inordinately larger share of the bonus pools from the Modern Warfare games for themselves. Uh, the two took one-third of the total bonus pool for the Call of Duty franchise bonuses, uh, which included the first Modern Warfare game. For example, Western Zampella were demanding an even larger share of the bonus pool for Modern Warfare 2, Activision says. Uh, that's something Activision says they plan to rectify if they win the suit. So they basically said, well, if, if Activision prevails in this matter... It intends to reallocate any share of the Modern Warfare 2 bonus pool that might otherwise have been payable uh, to Western Zampella to those employees responsible for the success of the game who remain employees of the company subsequent to the resolution of the matter. Now, I have a couple of issues with this. First off, Activision obviously agreed this bonus with the... Yeah, with exactly. The you take care of this before the game comes out. I don't want to hear yeah, this now. Yeah. So, so they've, they've agreed that with Western Zampella, that they would get a bigger share of the bonus. If they were that asked about it, they would have said, no, I'm really sorry, but I think it's only fair that everybody gets an equal share, wouldn't they? Yeah, so, or, and, yeah, and, and stall it back then. That's not something you dispute when the yeah. game's out and sells just, 7 million. It's an, an absolute nonsense to bring up those. So, and, and come on, we're talking about Activision here who have earned billions of dollars on the back of Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2. You I know, mean, um, and I don't believe that Activision's this noble company looking to make sure all the hardworking rank and file are getting their fair share. What an absolute load of... I mean, maybe these two guys are being greedy, and maybe there is an actual dispute between them and Activision. Uh, I don't really care about that, to yeah, be but, let, Let's look at it, and let's compare it to another type of job, for instance, okay? If you have, if you have the, the CEO of a huge group of banks, yeah, yeah or a big, huge grant, who gets the biggest bonus? Well, the CEO does. If, if they make a profit... And they turn a huge profit. They get the biggest bonus. They get paid the most, don't they? Well, because, yeah. Now, we could talk about the fact that that's kind of a messed up system just in possibly. general and how oh, 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 in the United just, States, at least, the, CE, the average CEO makes something like 600 times the average worker, whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. in Japan, it never goes over 30 times. Okay. But let me just bring it back to the game. Right, okay, I'm just giving that as an example. Okay. But if, if Modern Warfare 2 had failed... Yeah and only sold 50 copies, who would be held responsible for that failure? I assume these two guys, but I don't know for sure. Exactly, and that's, that's, the, that's the point, isn't it? Because they, 
you know, as the head of that company, Infinity Ward, was solely responsible for this game either being a success or a failure. So as far as I'm concerned, if if they're the ones that are going to bring in the big books because they've ensured that a great game is produced, then they're the ones that should get the most money. It just makes sense. I don't even know enough about the situation and the history. I'll take your word for it. I just feel like it's... You know, people. There, you know, when there's this much money, there's going to be this much fighting. I just think that's the way it is. It happens I mean, in every industry. It happens with every company. Basically, there's always this, you know, power playing going on, trying to get ahead, stepping on each other. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, this is an example, supposedly, of, of the emails that were sent. Uh, just, just to show you how stupid this really is. Okay. So, apparently, Western Zampella sent and received the following messages in an apparent effort to covertly copy certain materials. Uh, regarding, in part, okay, don't know how to scan secretly, uh, apparently. Computer down. Uh, Infinity World employee did it for me last time. Really? No paranoia about it being in Infinity World employee user folder. Her comp down anyway now. She had a secret area it scanned into. Probably better to just photocopy and FedEx. Can scan or photo your call. Boom, boom, pow, away. See, I'm interested. I'm, gl- I'm glad you read that out because I hadn't read this far in the article. And at the top of the Kotaku news feed about this, they have a picture of the black eyed peas. And it says, modern legal yeah. warfare court documents boom, got that boom, boom, pow. And I was like, that's the silliest tr- way to try to piggyback on some popular song I've ever seen. But apparently that is a reference to something that's supposedly in one of these emails. But I mean, that I mean in itself means nothing anyway without any proof, does it? You know? Well, of course not. It's supposed to be like something that piques people's interest going, whoa, that does sound dodgy. But who knows where it comes from or what it means or any of that stuff. I mean, I don't know how this thing will play out, but I hope to God Activision don't win. I yeah, really do. I think a lot of people feel that way. You know, and and even even if these two guys were being greedy and and you know, I don't think for one second they're not ruthless. Oh sure. And they're not, they're not because you don't get in that sort of position without being that way out anyway. Yeah. And I mean, you it's know? also possible that there's a little bit of incompetence here. I mean, you know, look at Watergate. Like sometimes people do get into positions where they have the ability to cash in very well, but they don't have the skills to do it right. So they might have been just bumbling around and screwing up this possible leak. And they did it in a way that, you know, it's kind of like a sixth grader breaking into his teacher's computer at school. But, I don't know, it sounds a little silly. I would be very shocked if they were that stupid, quite honestly. But you never know. Maybe they got so arrogant believing that they were untouchable that they they just didn't care anymore and got reckless. I don't know. know. But I really, because, I was going to say, before we move on, if Activision do win, I think that'll be really bad for gaming in general because they And you're not going to buy the next Modern Warfare game. I'm never going to buy another (laughs) another Call of Duty game anyway, so it doesn't really affect me. No, it does. But apparently uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 is in complete disarray as a result of all this stuff because they well, can't start pre-production. So. Yeah, they, can't. They, they were hoping to start pre-production and they can't yeah. until this is all sorted out. Of course. So, boo-hoo. I'm so <laughs> sad. So uh, right, Modern Warfare 2 will last me a long time. It's going to be forever till I get that gold skull, man. I thought 55 hey. ranks was hard to get up through in COD 4. Woo. So, anyway, anyway, let's have a quick break. Yes. Uh, We've, I've saved a few more topics because there is no quiz, unfortunately, because Chini no was meant quiz. to be doing that. And as you've noticed, yeah, he's not here. So, uh, yeah, there's no quiz tonight. He's so. not here. Yeah. Ooh. 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 
Yeah, we, we can't be too harsh on him, though, can we? Because ultimately it was the fault of his stiletto heels that were just well, badly that's the price you pay for fashion, man, you know? I mean, if he's going to try to look good, he has to be ready to take the consequences, suffer for his art, like Bruno. Well, he should have bought some Manolos, shouldn't he? Some quality shoes. To learn how to walk in heels. Yeah, walk in heels. That's I what he should walk. I mean, uh, I know people who walk in heels. There you go. Uh, right. Anyway. Uh, yeah, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about a few more things and then uh, round out the show with some shout-outs and stuff like that. Yes. Okay, here we go. The music we have here is uh, from the great Luke Ski. Uh, we played a track from him before, and this one's about Spider-Man. So there have been Spider-Man games, so it is gaming-related, even though it's not explicitly connected to games. You ready? Go. And fans of Run DMC will also appreciate this song. Now, Peter, Parker, Pop, Pictures, for JJ's, Rag, Inner, Reedy, O, Active Science, Lab, Winner, Long Came, uh, Spider, Who Bit Now, He, Is Web, Swing It, and Swing It Through NYC. Now, Spider-Man, he was so cocky, and all he wanted was the Buzz TV. But after Uncle's murder, it made him see, with great power comes responsibility. And now criminals all around the town will turn tails and scatter when they hear this sound. Zen and Barker known as Spider-Man, but Norman Osborn's gotten darker in his corporate plan after he took a serum while delirium out to kill Spidey and everyone near him. On his glider throwing bombs, Green Goblin he be yelling. So with time and Spidey's climbing, stopping crime and all the villains, Scorpion, Hop, Goblin, Kingpin, Rhino, Venom, Carnage, Dr. Rock, and Electro. With that maid, Mary Jane, yeah he'd like to meet her, get the girl, save the world, and his name is Peter. X-Men, as I was told, mutant powers and such. He's brave and bold, like Xavier, who's the savior of the babes like Rogue. Her and Storm will make you warm while they will stay in vogue. And it's great to see your play, will make you say, God damn, that Stanley made my day. Cyclops' vision is beaming, Magneto is scheming, yeah, he's dreaming of reaming. Toad's a little demon, Logan Wolverine's powers will heal all your wounds when he fights with claws against Sabretooth. Now Reed can stretch for a mile or more. He's the mister of the Fantastic Four, with invisible suit and a thing that's orange. Just don't get scorched. By the human torch. Get Banner Man and you'll shout he can. He's the big green Hulk whose temper is bad. He's the big green Hulk in your neighborhood. Hulk smash! Something smash! Key, smash! Something good! There it is! Let's break it down. 
Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. Uh-huh, spinning webs from here to Japan. Come on, see him there, swinging higher. Homeboy looks like Tobey Maguire. Look out. The Spider-House rules. Here comes the Spider-Man. Who's always ready? Ooh, Yay. That was hey, I love that. Isn't that good? Yeah, I really he does love a that. really good job of like. I mean, he does music production well. He knows how to rhyme. That's the other thing is that like to find somebody this immersed in geek culture who can also like put a rhyme together. Like, it's really it's not just a silly little. You know, you find a lot of these parodies online, and you know, people doing cute little songs. A lot of times they suck, but this guy really knows how to do it right. So. No, I think that I think that's really cool. He I even dropped like... in a Wu Tang Clan sound clip, so that gives him total street cred. No, oh, it was very good. We like that. We like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. To finish off tonight, I thought we'd do a list, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to is this to do a sanctuary for gamers as well? Oh no! Shall we do? Shall we do shall that now? We'll do that at the end. Shall we do that real quick now? Uh, it's up to you. Well, we can do. We can do. Okay. So ba- basically, we've been listening to the Sanctuary for Gamers podcast, it's and a... we think yeah, you should check it out, people. Yeah, we think there's been a reference to us on the podcast, but we, we can't so. be entirely sure. So if you're listening to us, Sanctuary for Gamers, why don't you drop us an email and let us know whether it was it was us that unfortunately uh, did you a bit of a disservice. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, let's let's play that and just see if it was there. And we kind of ruined the whole game for him because we told yeah. him. We said when we were doing the Heavy Rain we show. We were I'm like, at the end of the thing. And he, they admitted it. Like, yeah, they, were, they told us spoilers. And we said this might happen, and then it happened. All right, so this, I, I pulled out the sound clip. Here it is. This is from a show they released a few weeks ago. So one of the podcasts that I listened to did an extra special at the end of this show, and they did put spoilers up, and I, you know, I'm not, not blaming anyone, and it's fine because I'm my own person, but I listened to this podcast, and they put basically spoilers at the end of the show, who, who the origami killer was. I went to bed, I started listening to it, I woke up, it must have been about an hour and a half later, and as I woke up in the middle of the night, about one o'clock, I heard who the origami killer was. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that game done there. <laughs> and so if that was us, we're really sorry. Yeah, exactly. So uh-huh. he didn't even bother playing the rest of the game, because that was so important. <laughs> so if that was us, we're sorry. Um, yeah, we're really make sorry. It up for you, here's a plug for your show, because if people don't listen to Sanctuary for Gamers, definitely check it out. It's a lot of fun. One of the guys is, he's Welsh, right? Yeah. And he lives in Japan, so he's got this interesting perspective on the game industry from living in Japan and what's big there and what's not. And um, Yeah, it's just a really interesting show. Yeah, so sorry, guys. We're really yep. sorry. It was, it, I, I have a feeling it possibly was us. It so. could have been. I mean, we have a long show. We did a special Heavy Rain section at the it end did. of it. And a lot of it people did. have games ruined because of us. So there you yeah. go. All the pieces fit. Yeah, so and sorry. And if it was us, you know, here's all I can say. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. This time. Yeah. Uh, because, um, yeah, Chini's not here, so I'm going to do a list this oh, week. Oh, snap. I'm going to take his job because he's not here. Serves him right. Yeah. Right. But I came across quite a controversial list. So, oh. and I think you might have one or two things to say about this list. I always have something to say about everything. Oh, no. We know. Okay. Are you ready? And yeah. this is the name of this week's list. Five reasons why Halo Reach will teabag Modern Warfare 2 online. 
Yeah, they said that about Bad Company 2. All right, listen, listen. Before, oh, sorry, you hang- before we get to this, have you seen the ads for Bad Company 2 on TV at all? Do you have ads for it? I have seen, I've seen the ones where they're taking the piss out of Modern Warfare. That's too. the only the- one I see, and it's so ridiculous because yeah. it's like, if you like that game, you should definitely play this. It sounds so desperate. Is it? Is that the one with the American football player? That was quite amusing. Well, there's another one there too, yeah, with that. But now, now I thought that was quite funny, though. I that was funny, say. yeah, but yeah. I don't know. But anyway, this is a guy called James Island. James and Island. The website is we is we ne- do tech. Oh. We do tech. So there you go. Lydia, let's see the play on words there. We do tech. Yes. It's all one word though. It's all one word. And he's got an on-off button in the middle. Yes. So he's obviously someone who we need to. Li- and he he does look like a bit of a gamer. Although you know, I don't want to sort of stereotype gamers at all. But yeah. But at the anyway. same time, he leads with a little looped clip from Halo Three. Of somebody teabagging someone else. How much sure is that? Talk about stereotyping. Oh, he said that's his title. It was clever. It was clever. Five minutes. All right, all right. I'll give you my mind we'll over. Go ahead. Tell us what you think. Okay, so let's go through these and see what you think. Are you ready? Yes, James Here Ireland. Hit me. Reason one community. Community says. Read his reason before you go buzzy. Okay, are you ready? Oh, you're ready. ready. Here we go. We all know how well Modern Warfare 2 sold. And some of us will wonder, how come nobody plays the game using tactics or their headsets? That's a good question, actually. Yes, I agree. Well, the answer is to do with both consoles, Xbox Party Chat and PlayStation's general antisocial behavior. One thing I noticed when playing Halo 3 was the ability to talk to people and the amount of people who were actually willing to speak a decent conversation with you. Uh, I must have been playing a different game. Let me finish and then you can say what you think. Go ahead. Uh, Seeing as COD now has its own fan base, I believe Halo will keep its own as well. Bungie also have a great reputation for playing with regular people. Often staff will drop into a game or host their own open matches. This always adds to the sense that the developer cares. Uh, The last reason for the community section is that it is very, very unlikely that Halo fans will boycott this game. It's more than evident that Bungie provides a much better community for its users, so rather than pretending to boycott this game, you won't have to at all. So what do you think? I don't... I mean, I didn't play Halo 3 much, but the games I played online had exactly the same redeeming uh, communicative and community-building value as Modern Warfare 2. I don't, I've never played a game online that had a decent set of people communicating in general lobbies. By and large, whenever you play a game online, you have the same conversations with people. There's a kid singing. There's somebody calling your grandma gay. There's somebody who's, like, cursing up a storm about the fact that they shot this guy six times and he didn't die. That's me. And, you know, there's no real conversation. And there's very little tactics. I remember very few tactics being discussed on Halo 3 or COD 4, Modern Warfare 2. Well, I mean, the thing I would say is that neither of these two games are really tactic-based games. Well, that's the other thing. They're not really, you know, like a battlefield, you know, that is more tactical, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, even in Modern Warfare 2, like, I do this all the time, and it's so annoying to me because I will say, you know, on a certain, let's say, you know, crash, there's a big helicopter in the middle. Let's say there's a guy hiding in the helicopter shooting me, and he shoots me, I will say, there's a guy in the helicopter. Now, nobody in the game ever does that. I'm I'm always the only person who ever calls out enemy positions. But when I do, here comes five of my teammates running to the helicopter. So it's clear that it's useful, but people don't care enough to do that when they die. It's so Yeah, because they just want another kill. That's all they care about. But yeah, it's interesting that. I mean, I used to play, I did play the original Modern Warfare quite a bit, and it depends who you play with. Of course it does. I mean, when and we. That when was we, true about Halo as well. Yeah. 
I mean, when we were playing Search and Destroy, we really played as a team. And, well, you and have you to play won, that as a team. Yeah, and you won more games. If you, you had to communicate because yeah. you had to, you know, I'm covering point A, what are you covering, right. you know, and so on yeah, and so right. forth. So that made a huge difference. But with a, a team deathmatch, there, there isn't yeah. really any tactics. I know, I know. But I still okay. take it seriously as a team game, so Obviously. I get Okay, reason two, jetpacks. What? <laughs> Well, listen, listen, listen. Before you go spouting, let's No, see I mean, this actually, I can't argue with this. There are okay, no jetpacks okay. in Modern Warfare 2. Here, here we go. Okay, okay, listen, listen. Upon the announcement of the ultra-impressive multiplayer trailer that Halo Reach will feature jetpacks, not only will this totally transform combat into a vertical space, it will also mean gunplay will reach the skies like never seen before. Capture the Flag becomes a whole new ball game with future multiplayer maps rocket into the sky hundreds of feet. It's early to tell, but the last time I checked, Modern Warfare 2 didn't have anything interesting like that. Oh, and before you Modern Warfare 2 bitches start saying how unrealistic Halo is, how the hell do you believe Modern Warfare 2 is realistic? It's one of the most unrealistic shooters, and that cannot be argued. Well, of course not. Every, every online shooter is unrealistic because of respawning. I love when people talk about realism in video games. That's just stupid. Uh, Operation Flashpoint was realistic, and we all saw how fun that was after about 20 minutes. So I, I agree that realism is a stupid argument to make. Um, I don't know that jetpacks definitely equals better multiplayer experience. I certainly agree that it's going to be interesting and innovative, and I that kind of makes me want that makes me a lot more. I didn't know that that was in the, the game, so that kind of makes me a lot more interested. But at the same time, the the crazy jumps that we did see in Halo Three, I mean, people mock that in a lot of online games. You know, the Halo Three jumping bunnies, and I think that in some ways those very big jumps in Halo 3 kind of dis- detracted from the game because suddenly this person you're shooting at is up in the air and then they come down next to you. Now, in a way, that's kind of cool, and in a way, it's really stupid. Yeah, but you're on an alien planet, man. The gravity's less. You're going to jump higher. That like, stands to reason, surely. Well, it depends on the alien planet. You saw that with Mass Effect. They told you the gravity, and sometimes it's a lot lighter and sometimes it's a lot heavier where's the game where you can only move very very slowly because the gravity's pulling you down and as soon as you know. shoot a bullet in the air it falls right to the ground yeah i don't think i've played that game but yeah i mean it, it, it does sound quite cool I, I remember i remember liking the uh the man cannons in the in halo 3 they were always quite fun eh. where you sort of get yourself in it would jet you basically across the whole map yeah and you you could shoot people as you were in the air, you know, flying across if you were if you were very I, I, maybe you could. I could never do that, but I yeah, understand cool. there were people who got skilled enough to do that. Yes, yeah, it was good. I wasn't. Don't get me wrong. I, I got the odd lucky shot. Yeah. I wasn't skilled like that, but I right, got the odd right. lucky shot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. That was cool. Okay, reason three, Spartans. I think you're supposed to say that like in three hundred. Spartans. Okay. Spartans. Yes. There you go. Okay, Battlefield Bad Company Two got it right when it said. They will probably just send pussy-ass spec ops with heartbeat monitors. Sure, the SAS are cool, but I would much rather have a big-ass suit of whatever that is. <laughs> Armor and a plasma sword than a skimpy black cat suit and a silenced MP5. We also feel that if you're not going to play a realistic game, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is not realistic, again in brackets, uh, then why pretend to be realistic? Some will argue that the armor replenishing system of Halo deteriorates the gameplay. We disagree heavily. In fact, 
If anything, the self-replenishing shield not only makes you use the best weapons at your disposal, it also adds an extra layer of strategy to the game. For instance, the plasma gun to battle rifle combo, shield down and kill. My final point for this reason is the armor customization. Not many generic terrorists in Halo are there. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I haven't seen about Halo Reach, but I remember Halo 3 had, you know, you had a little insignia you could change and you never had enough time to look at anybody else's when you were playing online. Now, if you could totally change the shape of your helmet and the color pattern and put a, a, you know, a skin on it, like a leopard print or you know, 700 other options, then yes. You know, the way you have emblems and titles in Modern Warfare 2, you would be recognizable as an individual on the Halo battlefield. That might be kind of cool. But to be honest... That doesn't really affect me one way or another. I don't really see that as a big selling point, but I also don't see it as something to make fun of Halo for. I mean, okay. I agree that it's yeah. If you're going to be unrealistic, why not go whole hog? And I see, I certainly feel that in a science fiction setting, Halo occupies its own niche, and it's done uh, science fiction shooters in a way that most other games have not. But I don't think that's what Modern Warfare 2 is even going for. So I don't see that as being something they're competing on. Okay. 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 Are you ready for the next one? I'm ready. Reason four, flips and assassinations. Okay. New to the Halo Reach is the introduction of flips and assassinations. Not only can you flip your Spartans off high mounts to avoid that sniper fire, you can also take down your enemies in the way uh, that doesn't involve a standard pussy-arsed melee attack. Though hardly original, Bungie has added the enjoyment of taking that stealth kill with its assassination feature, Anyone for a blade through the gut? Yes, please. Uh, okay. I, I mean, that's fine. I, you know, the flipping thing sounds like, again, like the jetpacks, it could add a neat little element. But I don't understand how assassination is different from any other game. Well, I mean, Uncharted 2 did it. And pretty effectively as well. I don't Uncharted understand how it's different from stabbing someone in the back in Battle Co- Bad Company 2. I don't think it is, to be oh. honest. He's getting a bit clutching at the straws towards the <laughs> Yes. Yeah. All right, we better move on for his sake. Okay, in his final run, reason five. And 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 do you know what? I almost can't argue with this. And I really, you know. Well, let's oh. hear the argument and then I'll argue with it. Uh, uh, yeah, reason five, fun factor. After a little while, Modern Warfare 2 got boring for me. I'm not too sure if this was because I was using the same five or six guns for every single game or because of its repetitive gameplay and the lack of fun modes that were included in Call of Duty 4. With vehicles to smash into each other, better than the used and abused tanks of Call of Duty World at War, and the Forge game mode, the sheer fun factor that I had with Halo 3 is something I am expecting to get from Reach. As I previously mentioned, Bungie playing with regular people was also a laugh, especially if they got their asses handed to them. We could go on and on about how many more reasons why this game is looking to completely pwn Modern Warfare 2 when it comes to multiplayer, but we wouldn't want ardent Infinity Ward fans to get all butt hurt, now would we? I love the way he's keeping the discussion very elevated and erudite. If you're a big COD fan, feel free to go ballistic in the comment section and tell us how we should go suck huge amounts of dick. Uh, we couldn't care less. Anyone for a rufflecopter? Eh, sounds like he's trying to bait the people who might read this. And, you know, it, it's, 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 it's fanboyism. I mean, I, I don't, you know, to be honest, like, fanboyism is all about totally swallowing the hype from one company and totally irrationally rejecting every possible decent argument 
from another company. And I'm not either side of that coin. I'm like, this might be a fun game. And I think there's certainly points that he's making that, yeah, some things about Halo games are more fun than the Modern Warfare 2 games. But, you know, there's responses to that. And and I didn't like Halo 3 because I felt like I kept putting entire clips into people and it didn't kill them. And that didn't make sense. And then they come up to me and they shoot me once and I'm down. Now, that probably is down to the fact that I didn't have the right guns and I didn't know how the game worked and I didn't spend enough time with it. Okay, that's fair. But I felt like the game ultimately, for the same reason I didn't like Gears of War online, is that it had a lot to do with who got to this huge, powerful gun first and everyone else just sort of followed in their wake. I mean, if I had one reason why Halo Reach might be better, okay... And and it is only because really you'll one play reason. it. No, not at all. Because I don't. I'm not really big on Halo either. Uh, to be honest, I'm not really big on either game. Um, but the, but the one reason is the matchmaking, in my opinion. Yeah. Because when I played Halo Three, uh, they actually limit you have to be the same rank to play in the same multiplayer game. Yeah, that's fair. If you're playing the rank matches, you have to be the same rank. So you're not like getting this rank forty against someone who's rank twelve. Yeah, but you know what? The only way to get better is to play a better opponent. Yeah, no, but that happens because as you rank up and you you're better in your games, you then move up to the next level. So and, and it yes. worked brilliantly well. And I never ever felt overwhelmed in any of the multiplayer games that I played any of the rank matches. I always felt fairly on a level with everybody else. And don't get me wrong, there was people who would stand out who were really, yeah. really good. But you never felt like you had your ass handed to your time after time after mm. time. That's fair. And and I suppose that would be the one reason I would say maybe better, but that's yeah. about it. Really. I mean, the know, only... it's horses for courses. Like there's some things about Modern Warfare that I like. There's some things about Halo that I like. And I think you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it depends on what you're looking for in a game. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, just just last thing to say is about the Forge. Uh, I spent quite a lot of time in there when when I did have the yeah, game. Yeah, we all talking about that. And yeah, we, we came up with a couple of cool maps. Seen talking about vertical shooters. We figured out a way that you could pile pylons on top of each other yeah. and then stick a box on the top of it and they would stay there when <laughs> yeah. you came back out. And yeah. we put sort of portals on top. Nice. So you could actually, and then we put sniper rifles on top of them. So you'd basically spawn on top of one of these huge boxes that was miles above the map and then you could snipe people from it. And so nobody could quite- touch you, I assume. Yeah, no, you would get killed eventually. Somebody could snipe you, or if they were in one of the flying vehicles, yeah. they could get up there and obviously shoot you down. But it was it was cool, and we, we did another one called Bungie Roulette, and there was a very small map with a, a circular center section. Oh, and didn't um, it, like, throw you up on one of the... No, well, we did. We had, on, on the game, there were no weapons, actually, on the actual, in the game itself at all. Yeah. Okay. And the, we, we actually blocked off a whole room with all the best weapons inside it, but we blocked mm. it up. So you couldn't, and the only way you could get in the room was going through a portal. Uh-huh. Okay. But we made all the portals random, and oh. around the outside edge, right, this is where it got quite cool, around the outside edge of the circular bit in the middle, we put all these portals uh, pointing outwards. So that if you spawned from one of those, you would just go into space and die instantly. <laughs> so we called it bungee roulette, see, as there in Russian go. roulette. So if you yeah. go in the in one, you either get into the weapons room yeah. or you, you would end up going into space and dying instantly. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, that's one of the little... things that I really love about, you know, being part of a gaming community, veteran gamers, over 35s, um, is that, yeah, when people get together and there's a big enough group of people, you can really have some creative, fun things that people try. Like we did with Modern Warfare, I guess it was COD 4. Um, 
the the stabbing thing. Like we gave one person a knife and nobody else was allowed to use any weapons and the person was just going around stabbing people and the last person to get stabbed became the knife wielder in the next game. So there was a reason to stay alive, but at the same time, there's nothing you could do except run. And it's just, you know, fun little quirky stuff like that I think really makes gaming communities in addition to, you know, Saturday afternoon shooters and Friday night racing and whatever it is and forums and stuff. I think having, you know, getting to know people but also finding new creative ways to use the games is also something really cool. And that was about it, really. So did you like the list? Did, yeah, did I do it's a, yeah, it's a decent list. Did it's I, I mean, did about I, did I feel it? that I didn't know, so, you know. So there you go. So we mocked him a little bit because I think he needed mocking he slightly. He needs some mocking. He needs to learn. Did, I don't know. I, I, I'm very uh, scornful of that kind of writing style, but whatever. That's just because I'm a nerd. I mean, just just to sort of put it into a little little bit of perspective, someone did put a reply on the that sort of read like this: "Whoa, the fanboy!" <laughs> uh, first and foremost, I think it's a little arrogant to even say that Halo is Modern Warfare 2's biggest competition. Yeah. I can think of at least five other games that could easily be considered more competitive. Also, I think you're pretty overzealous honking your ODST horn. That game was far from revolutionary. Further, Modern Warfare 2 totally redefined the multiplayer shooter genre. If you don't believe me, go check out Bioshock 2, who already copied the Modern Warfare multiplayer model. Has anyone copied Halo yet? Don't think so. Well, Bungie is going to let, let, let me finish. Let me finish. Uh, Bungie is going to have to reinvent the Halo wheel, so to speak, to get to the level of competition provided by Modern Warfare 2. Until they do, I will keep my teabagging comments to myself. Uh. Fanboy. Now this just goes to show you that fanboys gravitate to fanboys. Yeah, because of course this they guy do. They all go looking for flames. <laughs> Yeah. So the fact that he's doing this, what's really funny is like he's like calling someone else a fanboy, but in effect he himself. Well, of course, is a that's fanboy. because nine times out of ten, when somebody is accusing somebody of fanboyism, it's because they don't like what the fanboys have said, but they're fanboys themselves. So I think we should all strive to avoid fanboyism when we discuss games, because it gets away from the ability to acknowledge, yeah, that's a decent point, or yeah, this part is good and that part's not as good. If, you, if you're a fanboy, it's kind of like politics in the U.S. at the moment. It's like you have to be on one side or another. You can't possibly have a, a conversation. It's just about winning. And, you know, I don't like that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, talking about politics, uh, our general election has been announced. I heard. I, don't know what, I yeah, listened yeah. to the bugle, so I'm, I'm all up and on my that sort daughter, of thing. My daughter says that I have to vote for Gordon Brown. Why is that? I have no idea. When I <laughs> Really? Why? Because I just like him. <laughs> So she's eight, and it, apparently it's Gordon Brown for the win. Yeah, uh-huh. no, but you know that's what she's saying. Well, she also liked Avatar canon, so I don't take her opinion on anything. Personally, I'm I'm erring more towards the liberal Democrats because they've got Xbox 360s on their tour buses. <laughs> do they really? <laughs> really do. They're yeah, for that younger skew. There was a story about apparently they've got these fully equipped tour, big tour buses to go around the country, and they've got uh, Xbox consoles in them, according to the Now, article. is that for the people who are riding around doing the tour, or is that for people to come on and, like, here, play Xbox 360 and no, you know the what? Democrats? In all honesty, I think they get on the bus and go, huh, what are these? I've never seen one of these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is this? Does it, does it make my tea? It'll Do massage put- you. Oh, great, start it up. <laughs> I think they'll have no idea what they're actually for. Yeah. They'll be, going, they'll be swinging the Xbox controller around thinking it's a Wii. Yeah, That's exactly. What they'll do. That's what they'll do. Okay, I think it's time to get the hell out of here. Yes. Because even though uh, we've had no quiz and uh, 
Uh, Ginny isn't here. We we have twittered on for quite a while. Yes, I we have. So let's do some shout outs and get the hell out of here. So do you want to go first? Off you go, Duke. All right, I got four. Number one is IP from themexbox.com. We finally got him linked up to the Velocity Gamers Hub. So everybody should go and check out vghub.net and they will see a new entry on the list. It's from themexbox.com. And hooray for them. And IP said we're his favorite podcast and he's just a really cool guy. I've been playing some Bad Company 2 with him. So cheers to him and hooray for um, everything he's doing to help us out. And I made a little background picture for the uh, Xbox 360 and he made it into a custom theme that's over there on theme Xbox so cheers for that as well I Pete and he resuscitated me a few times on bad company so I have to thank him for that as well for bringing me back to life so there you go yeah number two is Thooper Uh, he gave us and Quanrian a shout out on the over 35s board recently they were talking about indie games and he said yeah you should listen to the veteran gamers they talk about one indie game a week so you can find out which ones are good so I thought that was cool and uh, yeah hooray for him and Quanrian of course for doing those every week and let's see Fizzy Gig dropped by the site and he was talking in the chat box so hey what's up Fizzy Gig thanks for listening and thanks for stopping by the site and everybody who listens of course is awesome and then I got got a message on Xbox Live from a guy named Wilson91 and he said that the show is a lot of fun and he's really enjoying it so uh, thanks to him for listening and for feeding back to us and uh, yeah we'd love to have all sorts of feedback and I don't think we have any emails this week but um, yeah if you have something you want to say to the show send an email to podcast at veterangamers.co.uk and there's a link right from the website so come by veterangamers.co.uk and uh, we got cool articles and stuff and um, you know like I said we had that trailer for um, Red Dead Redemption and stuff from you know previews of what's coming up this month in games and all sorts of stuff so come check it out and say hello and that's mine well done. That was good. That was a lot of shout-outs. Ah, I have a lot of shouting to do. Um, well, I, I want to shout-out, first of all, Knight uh, from the old Free Fives. Ah. Um, is it Knight XXL? I think he's the yes. whole game of time. Knight XXL. Uh, for putting up a link for a to Woolworths, www.woolworths.co.uk. And as a result of that, I got 2,100 Microsoft points for four English pounds. So wow. there you go. That's a good yeah, deal. They, yeah, you put up a good little, little uh, promotional code that you stuck in, and you got £15 off your first purchase with them. Nice. And is and that probably it... going to be your only purchase? Yes, probably. <laughs> and they also put up another code, which gave you free postage. Well, so I, it, it literally cost me four quid for oh. £2,100. So right. thank you tonight for that. Um, I would also like to uh, shout out Wilson. So he's getting two this week because he asked me to give him a shout out too. Well, so go. we both shouted him out. So yeah, there you but go. if you ask for a shout out, I don't know, that feels a little phony. Yeah, well, he asked me for one. He said, can you, can you shout me out? So there you go, Wilson91. Yeah, shout out, Wilson. Hey, Wilson91. And yeah, Fizzy Gig, he's actually left us a review on iTunes. Well, well. All right. So let's, let's read that out, as always. Read so Fizzy it. Gig, okay, here we go. He says, highly recommend this podcast. Uh, thanks to the veteran gamers, the daddy, Chini, and, well, the daddy and Duke Scarf. <laughs> yeah, we're the real Forget about Chini. Gamers. Forget Chini. He's yeah. meant broken mouth and beaten right. stuff. Yeah, sprain that heels. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, for gathering recent gaming news and PR spin and laying the facts on the table, uh, right. the banter and depth of knowledge is evident. The format is well presented, and you get a genuine feeling that each of these guys really enjoy gaming. Keep up the good work. 
So actually, many, yeah. people, I have a confession to make. I don't actually enjoy gaming, but I like to be famous. So I'm trying to get real, real famous, and I figure this is a good way to do it because then I can like meet pop stars and go on TV, just like there all those go. other video game podcasters that are on TV all the time. Yeah, they're they're always on the TV. <laughs> yeah, well, they're all very famous. Well, if you if you major Nelson, you you, you might get a hey, little. Hey man, bit. if Sarah Palin can get famous, then anybody can get famous. You know, so that that could happen. It could happen. You know, happen. this time next year, you you might be That's going right. on the Jimmy Fallon show. Oh no, you know, anything but that. Year, I want to go on yeah. Letterman, man. That's the that's the money spot. Is that where you want to go? Oh, Letterman's so cool. Um, and I'd like to uh, shout out Sanctuary for Gamers as yeah. well for spoiling Heavy Rain for one of their presenters. So I'm, I'm really, really, yeah, I'm really, really sorry about that. Sorry, yeah. but like we did warn you. He couldn't give me a responsibility. He knew that it was. Yeah. You know, just set the sleep timer on your iPod, man. We talked at the end of the show. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. We put it on the show notes. I don't know how much more we could have done it. Yeah, really? What else can we do? What else can we do? So, but do it as sorry, a show, I suppose. Don't listen to this till after you played it. Yeah, yeah. Although it was quite funny. I yeah, that's true. I think chortle. so. I did chortle a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's really about it. But not to mention, you know, you know, like you say, Velocity Gamers, get yourselves over there, VGHub.net, and yeah, and find cheers, a few I little- should shout out everybody who's part of Velocity Gamers. You know, Gamer Corporation, Gamesman, Couch Mercs, Thumbsticks—they're all great sites, all great shows. Check them out. Say hello. There you go. There you go. Uh, and anyway, on that note, I think we need to uh, uh, go. So, yeah. See ya. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for listening. And as Chini's not here, Jamma Fool. Oh, <laughs>